Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 39 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, What Did We Miss? A podcast that covers <laughs> pop culture blind spots one episode at a time. I guessed on, guessed it on my brother's podcast again. What did we miss? And that episode is now up. What? What episode was this one? This one was about esports. Oh, this is and it esports. Was my brother and I talking about esports, and because he's been making fun of it, for or years. making fun of me and <laughs> it, yeah, for uh, a couple several years now. Andrew was supposed to be on it with us, but he fell. Oh us. yeah, right, right. Yep. I remember. He the, slept through it. Yep. The whole um, thing. Now. I'll never live it down. You will <laughs> never. We will never let you live it down. I'm aware. So go check that out. You can find what did we miss on any podcast app that you could possibly li- be listening to this on. So. Go listen to it and yeah. Well, just like I did. Give him some ratings. Andrew, what'd you think, Andrew? You listened to it. It was good. Yeah. And video games. Joining me this week is Derek. Hello. And Andrew. Me. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, we got an episode of the Game Sharks podcast for you tonight. Uh, no we do? E- no emails. Only a couple news things, mostly pertaining to Xbox Series and the PlayStation 5. Uh, uh, we've been playing some new stuff, some fun stuff to talk about. I'm excited about that. But. The main topic of this show, we have finally, after what, month and a half yeah, since it came out? Two months. July two months, 27th? Well, over two months. July 19th. July 19th. We are here yeah. to no. talk about yes, Ghosts of Tsushima, singular. Uh, it's, this is our spoiler cast, so we're going to go full in depth about story, gameplay, everything in the game, kind of give you our our thoughts on it and... Uh, how it's gonna we think it's gonna play out later in game of the year conversation. So, with that being our main topic, let's first talk about news. And we only have three news things here today. Uh first one I want to talk about, probably the biggest thing that happened this week for sure, and it's it's huge. Yeah. Uh Bethesda bought or sorry, Microsoft bought Zenimax Media, who owns Bethesda. So Bethesda is a Microsoft first party video game developer now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, this is, this is insane. This like, is, I, I don't know the last time a company has, ma- a video game company has made a purchase of another video game company that has brought in the, like this amount of IPs. Yeah. This high you level of IP. Argue yeah. rare in the, back in the day. Yeah. But like rare they don't make they the don't ips any... that rare was known for back in the n64 days like they don't make those right. games anymore yeah. i know okay. but at the time is right what i guess that was a bit yeah but even then rare was just one what? rare is just a studio right what what rare has become and what rare used to be are two separate entities yeah. it's true like this is i think it's like seven or eight studios yes under this umbrella it'd be like if so, like so they bought ea you know yeah like, this we, is yeah, pretty big yeah, like bethesda had their own conferences at E3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how they're just going to be under the Microsoft, the Xbox umbrella. Yeah. The game stu- Xbox Game Studios umbrella. Todd Howard and uh, Phil Spencer can just do things together instead of being their own memeable entities. Here's a list of uh, companies underneath Bethesda that now are underneath Microsoft. Arcane Studios, Bethesda Game Studios, both Austin and Dallas branches. Bethesda Softworks, id Software, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, and ZeniMax Online Studios. Yeah. <sighs> Biggest ones there easily being id, makers of Wolfenstein and Dune. Yeah. Doom. Um, which is again huge acquisition ac- I quit. I'm done I'm done with the podcast. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> done speak. with the podcast. 
acquisitions. 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 <laughs> My brain's not working. Um, and then obviously Bethesda Game Studios themselves making games like Elder Scrolls and Fallout oh, and yeah. Starfield. Um, so, holy shit. Uh, so, I guess the big questions become going forward in the future. I know Deathloop is supposed to be a PS5 um, exclusive and mm-hmm. that falls under the T- Bethesda yeah. umbrella. But timed exclusive. It was always a timed exclusive. Was it? Yeah. Uh, a year, right? Yeah, a year. Uh, uh, however, Bethesda or Xbox has said they're going to uh, withhold that not withhold, uphold that yeah. that deal saying that we will keep Deathloop a PS5 exclusive and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo also are going to make, re- retain their exclusiveness for for a, full year. for a full year, which is like hats off to you, Microsoft. That is the, the big man move. If Sony were in that position, they would absolutely not have done that. I 100% oh, agree yeah. with that. <laughs> um, but the big crazy thing here is so the big games we were talking about, Wolfenstein, Doom, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, the, they basically said those games will be appearing on Xbox, PC, and other consoles on a case-by-case yeah. basis. So all of those games are not guaranteed to come to the PlayStation 5 in the future, which is a crazy thing to think about because Skyrim has to be one of like top-selling games of all time. I personally have bought Skyrim, I think, three or four <laughs> times. How many times have you bought Skyrim, Derek? Three times. I know Andrew times, per- I personally has never bought Skyrim. He's I not have a, never purchased Skyrim. He's not a big fan of Bethesda games, so uh, lost nope. on him. I like Doom, and I plan to play Wolfenstein, but I don't like the... The, the Bethesda Studios games. Yeah. Um, so what do we think? Do, uh, these are going to be coming to Game Pass Day 1, as yeah. far as I can tell. Which, a whole nother reason to, if you, if you don't own Game Pass, you're an idiot kind of thought process right, in right. my mind. Because those three games alone are going to be huge. The next Elder Scrolls, the next Fallout, and the next, uh, or whatever Starfield end up ends up being. Um, this honestly made me think about uh, getting an Xbox Series X instead of a Series X. Yeah. Um, (laughs) i thought that same so we'll we'll get into that x instead of s correct we'll get into that more when we talk about uh xbox pre-orders that happen so let's finish this uh i don't know if we mentioned but uh they microsoft bought zenimax for 7.5 billion dollars with a b um well how i think what disney bought star wars for like 2.5 million or something like that yeah 2.5 million billion sorry billion um they bought marvel for four billion Mo- wow. um microsoft bought mojang for 2.5 is it mojang or mojang it, it's mojang okay i've always i've always I had the soft J. yeah um that was 2.5 billion back in 2014 um but yeah this is a uh, nuts so um some of the biggest games so do you think they that sony will be able to strike a deal to get the huge games like Elder Scrolls and Fallout and Starfield on the PS5 still? Do you think that's going to happen? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it'll probably... Just because the size of those, like, like they're gaining a huge market just by buy- like buying this and making them, like, first-party a first party developer cuz so many people now are going to subscribe to Game Pass. They're going to so associate many... the Bethesda games with the Xbox brand. Right. They're like going to make a lot of money there, but I don't think with at least with like the Elder Scrolls and maybe maybe Starfield won't 
because it's not a it's not a known it's not franchise a known franchise right now. But Ooh. like the Elder Scrolls and Fallout, I can see a hundred percent coming to uh, like play, PlayStation. But like Doom, I think next Doom, that's gonna be Xbox only. Wolfenstein, like all those other the like Dishonored sequel. If there's a Dishonored sequel or yeah. whatever those other studios are working on, they're definitely gonna be Xbox. Exclusive. See, I wouldn't give it a hundred percent. I would say like. 85. I think there's a solid 15 to 20% chance that Xbox and Microsoft are just like, hey, we paid for it. You want to play these huge games? Come on Xbox. Get Game Pass. It's only $15 a month for Ultimate. $5 a month for, or is it $10 a month for the regular version of Game Pass? I'm, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's $10 a month. Is it? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I. Microsoft has been such good guy in the video game industry right now for. um. Several years, actually. But this is their chance. This is such a huge acquisition. This is their chance to play ball with Sony and say, hey. Because all the time, Andrew, you bring up, like, I would love Xbox. Or, like, I want to get behind Xbox, but Sony has all the games. So, like, this is is Microsoft's a big move in Microsoft's por- uh, court and, like, a chance for them to say, like, we yeah. have the games. Unfortunately, yeah. in this you, in this very particular <laughs> case, those these games. aren't the games that I wanted. <laughs> but they're most. But it's a step in the right direction yeah. for people who aren't me. They are most certainly the games. Like uh, our friend Nick, uh, who he's never been on the show. He sucks as a human. Yep. But he's a huge Fallout and yeah. Elder Scrolls fan. So, and he's kind of like wishy-washy on PlayStation right now. He's not a huge fan of what they're doing. So. This is his chance to migrate over to Xbox to play some yeah. of his favorite game series of all time. He's also like a huge conspiracy theorist. Yeah, well, we're not getting into <laughs> that uh, right now. But, um, yeah, I don't know. This is they, – they also made a statement saying that they plan on making other acquisitions of this caliber. <laughs> Which is bonkers, and that like I don't know who who's left of like that cat. Like, could they be trying to buy Ubisoft or something? What if Microsoft buys Sony? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we'd be uh, getting a little. Close I think to a. I think the world would implode at that point. There. Yeah, that would. I think that would institute a monopoly for sure. Um, nah, man, Nintendo. Nah, man, Nintendo. I don't. I think. Bethesda might be the biggest they could do. They could do because any any of the other big studios like or publishers like EA, Activision, Ubisoft, Ubisoft. you're going to be running into like tens and tens of billions of dollars. Yeah, way more money. Like, uh, who is it? Um, the Vicarious Visions? No, not Vicarious Visions. Um, That's the first thing. Velveeta. Vivendi. Vivendi has okay. been trying to w- was trying to do a hostile takeover of Ubisoft for like the past like five years. I remember that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they like finally gave up this year because it was costing them too much money. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, I think Bethesda might have been the biggest. Uh, the they biggest fish. They maybe could've. maybe like Gearbox or something. Like the, the you know yeah. that mostly maybe publishes a few games a year that aren't their own and like maybe does some indie titles. Maybe some indie. Uh, they could buy CD Projekt maybe. Mm. Yacht Club, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe some indie publishers and get some indie exclusives on their end. That would be pretty interesting. I would love to see them buy Konami or at least the rights to Castlevania, mm. <laughs> and we can mm-hmm. see a new Castlevania game. It's been a long time since we got one of those because uh, that's just a dormant franchise, unfortunately. But yeah, like some st- more stuff like that um, for sure. That's the thing, though, is like a company like Konami has way too much stake in other things besides video games. Yeah, they don't. Ca- that's the problem is they don't care about video yeah. games anymore. 
Which is why it's like, yeah, buy this from us. We don't care. We don't use it. What if, Makes Nintendo? Sense. What if they bought Kojima Productions? <laughs> uh, they, I could, I could see that. Then I all the Kojima fanboys will become Xbox fanboys. Kojima has too much of a close relationship with Sony to. You think so? He's not a throw me a billion dollars kind of guy. I think he That's has fair. a really close relationship with Sony. And I think he will he will keep but it that way. But what if Microsoft gives him so much money that he is able to achieve whatever fever dream his next game is going to be? That's the thing is I think Sony already kind of does that. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Sony basically gives him whatever he wants if right now. If they told him that he could make a movie instead, maybe. Maybe then. Ooh. <laughs> that's the big brain play from, uh, from Xbox from there Xbox. is to give him movie money. Like yeah. a carrot on a stick. <laughs> Let's go. Um. All right. Yeah, I'm very excited to kind of monitor this and see what becomes of it if the big things uh, end up becoming Xbox exclusive. The fact that they're coming to Game Pass alone makes it so I'm going to play them on Xbox. Yeah. Like, I would have been like, okay, I'll probably play the next Elder Scrolls on my PlayStation. But if it's on Game Pass and I'm going to have an Xbox, I'm going to play it on the Xbox. Right, I, right. I, it'll be not free because I'm paying for Game Pass, but I won't have to pay more money for it. And that's insane. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we get an announcement within like the next six, what is it? yeah, six months of the first like Bethesda game that is going to be an Xbox exclusive. I uh, can see it probably from maybe like Machine Games. I don't think they're. I think they don't have anything right now. It's just Arcane and I, I can't remember who makes Ghostwire. It's that last one. Oh so. yeah, Tokyo Ghostwire. But those Ghost are the Fire only Tokyo. two I think Bethesda published games that have been announced besides Elder Scrolls and um, Starfield. Starfield, which are still probably another two years away. <laughs> Starfield's probably two. Elder Scrolls is probably six or seven years <laughs> away still. Well, didn't they say that Elder Scrolls was coming before Starfield? No, nope. Starfield's other way coming so first, and they Starfield's aren't even working okay. on Elder Scrolls until Starfield is done. So why they showed a video or an image <laughs> of it at two E3s ago is beyond me. Oh, there wasn't an E3. So last same, E3, that same reason for uh, my Metroid Prime Four. <sighs> they thought that was on track though, and then it wasn't. <laughs> but um, yeah, crazy stuff. Very very yeah. exciting. Uh, let's talk about um the ps5 pre-order debacle um eric any, any updates from you derek did you end up finding uh, one or anything? i i didn't find one no, no. so, so i might have to invest uh some money in the bank of gin international <laughs> bank of gin uh all right it, transaction complete um so from um some data gathered from companies like ign they're kind of taking surveys to see if people bought the digital or standard edition of the ps5 from their information, it seems like there was a fraction of the digital PS5s compared to the standard PS5s. So mm -hmm. people are kind of calling scuttlebutt on uh, on Sony over that. Um, GameStop, uh, apparently, depending on store to store, uh, was anywhere from 13 to 33% being digital mm -hmm. compared to... Uh, the, the physical? Yeah. <sighs> so why does is this weird that they would have two SKUs, uh one being a hundred dollars cheaper and then they make significantly less of that one and in this panic people are gonna buy like andrew you were planning on buying the digital one and couldn't mm -hmm. so then you were forced to buy a hundred dollar more expensive console yeah as your only option do you think i mean my other option is wait the other yeah the other option is wait like 
will they make more of these in the future? Like, what's up? What, what do you think is going on with this? It's kind of weird. My my thinking is that yeah, they they said they looked at the like okay, here's how many consoles we can get produced by December 2020, whatever. Um, and maybe it wasn't as high as they wanted, and they said, all right, what product? You know, what fraction of these are going to be? Because I don't think you can go fifty fifty. Um, no, because no, that's wh- where you run into this. You have to, I think they you, like there's probably some market research like there. It's more. It's not a conspiracy theory of <laughs> like, oh, they want you to spend more money. They, mm-hmm. Like there's clearly. OK, like what? You know, how many people do we actually think want the more expensive version than the digital version? Like, where do we think? You know, it's uh, that's where it like really lies. It's not like someone at Sony was like, you know, it'd be a fun trick if we only made the physical version and made less of the digital version that'll really show those you know it, it's there's more to it than that uh, i also i'm curious to know what the back and forth is on how many consoles of each of each skew are shipped to retailers like gamestop because mm-hmm. obviously retailers like gamestop and walmart want you to buy the physical version right because the if they them. sell you the digital version that's the last thing they sell you Right. Yeah. And yeah. Like the company, companies like that probably go in and say, "Okay, we'll take this many of this and this many of this." Do you think they have a choice? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, how much of it is Sony discretion and how much of it is the retailer themselves? Yeah, I don't really. I've never. I don't know uh, logistics and uh, receiving. You know that that kind of stuff. Yeah. That well, um, to know how it really works. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just weird because like. I could see a 60-40 split, maybe even like a... 70-30. Yeah, 65-35, something like that. But as low as 13% in some places, that just seems kind of insane to yeah. me. Well, I, I think that, that just comes down to... That could come down to what the companies ordered. Yeah. and Like, you putting... Sending digital edition game or digital edition ps5s to uh, a gamestop in like bundfuck kentucky <laughs> not useful at all because they have terrible internet but like you know sending them physical <laughs> physical editions sorry i was gonna be- write down bumfuck kentucky but then i realized that the episode title is just gonna be the ghost of yeah. Tsushima spoiler <laughs> cast <laughs> but shout out to bumfuck kentucky you can yeah. write down bumfuck kentucky anyway <laughs> so they're like i think you just have to there's there's actual like good decision making here and not greedy greedy corporate greed maybe a little bit of greedy greedy Greedy, corporate corporate greed greed. but but more just like hey this is our market this is what we need to do yeah be the the voice of reason through these pre-orders and i think it would be a little less egregious if there was more of a stark contrast between the two SKUs. Mm -hmm. but the fact that they're the exact same console minus a disk drive i think makes it so that there there should have been a much closer number yeah. like if this was for example from experience the 32 gigabyte wii u versus the 8 gigabyte wii u when i was going in stores on release night for that there they had significantly more 8 gigabyte wii u's like i think at walmart specifically there was they had seven consoles total two of them were the, the 32 gigs and five of them were the 8 gigs hmm. So if there was if there was more of a dis- of a difference between the two versions, then I feel like it'd be a little more passable. But it's still pretty weird. Yeah, weird for sure. I'm curious to see if, as time goes on, the numbers kind of even out. Maybe they just wanted to get the phys- like a way more physical one made early, mm-hmm. and then kind of 
catch up the digital later on, but yeah, I there's no way of knowing really. I just yeah, in like a in the COVID world, you can't. There's there's so many factors that could go into why this decision as to why uh, you know if if we didn't have to worry about you know manufacturing interruptions, then maybe I would I would be on the fan, the the point of the you know they're just doing it to make us spend more money, but yeah, I think. There's probably a little bit more underlying there. Um, all right. The last thing I kind of want to talk about for news <laughs> is the Xbox pre-orders, <laughs> which was this past Tuesday, yesterday. Uh, we were recording on a Wednesday today. Did I know, Andrew, you didn't try. Derek, did you nope. try to pre-order one? I did try. I I did try. And then after I re- didn't get one, I was like, why did I even try? <laughs> <laughs> so... As I had stated last week, I wanted I wanted to get an Xbox Series S as a Game Pass machine, hook it up to my TV. I was really excited about it. So I'm going to kind of go through my story of that mm-hmm. day. Uh, so 11 o'clock rolls out around. I'm at work. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of time to myself, go hide in my office, try to see how this goes. I had, let's see, I had the Microsoft Store up, which was the main place I was yeah. trying to get it from. I had Best Buy up. I had, oh, I had one of the one, GameStop tabs open because i wanted to do the all access and that was only right. available at certain places and those three definitely were going to do it cool so i get those up 11 o'clock rolls around uh the microsoft website basically shuts down you can refresh but you're just getting error after error after error gamestop put me in a queue and it was just a sheet that took over the entire screen that said don't refresh the page you're in line uh-huh. uh just stay here and when when it's your turn you'll be able to do something okay sure uh, and then Best Buy, the the buy button just said coming soon. Um, and I tried for maybe like a half hour or so. Continue to have issues with the Xbox or the Microsoft page. Yeah. Best Buy always said coming soon. And I never left the queue for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was curious and I went and checked out different other websites. And I got a Series S in my cart on Newegg. And then, but I had to buy it full um and just like yeah they didn't have the all access they didn't have the all access so i sat there for like 30 seconds saying do i want to just buy this flat out right now i even moved money into a certain bank account (laughs) earlier into my checking account to make sure that if i did decide i wanted to do this on the spot i would have been able to so i thought i was like no i really want to do the all access uh pay monthly get the game pass thing i'll save money in the long term doing that so i thought i was going to do that and uh, I decided I want to do that, so I didn't buy it on Newegg, and then I refreshed the page just out of curiosity, and like at that point, a minute had passed, and they were sold out. So I lost my shot there, even if I wanted to do it. Um, uh, and so, eleven forty-five-ish, I think somewhere around there, sometime—I don't remember the exact time—but I was able to hit a button on the Microsoft page. It finally started working enough where I could apply for the. The line of credit through uh-huh. Citizens One, Citizens Bank, uh, in order to do the all access plan. So I got a thing from that saying, "Okay, we're looking into, we're doing a credit yeah. check." Blah blah blah. I was like, "Okay, cool." It was in my cart, and then I moved to the review and order button, and that page was, page was blank, and it never showed anything. I let it sit there. I kept refreshing it. It would refresh, and it would just be blank. And I was like, "Well." This sucks. And then by like <laughs> 20 minutes later, everything was sold out everywhere, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, fine. I'll just, uh, I whatever. It is what it is. I'm going to wait and I'm just going to get it when it's easy. Uh, I'm in no rush to get it anyways. 
Uh, then today, oh boy, I get an email from Citizens Bank saying, "Hey, you're approved for this line of credit. Here's your account number. Uh, go set up your automatic payments now." And I'm just thinking to myself, "Uh, I I didn't get the yeah. Xbox." <laughs> So do I now owe Citizens Bank $25 a month for two years for an Xbox that I'm not getting? Uh, so I think I'm going to have to call them tomorrow and kind of square that away to make sure everything's okay. It may just be that I'm approved and then once I buy it, I give them that that code and then it activates. But I got I want to yeah. look into it. Yeah. That's not something you, I want to do. You really want to check that out. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get absolutely boned by that. Uh, one of my big thing like reasonings for like giving up and stopping at a certain point is they had to do a credit check and tr- getting your credit score checked is not something you want to do all the time. So right, yeah. I didn't want to have like page refreshing things constantly doing it and fucking tanking my credit score randomly. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm stepping away from this. I'm going to do it. This is the point of no return. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm not I'm not fucking with this anymore. I will get an Xbox when they're readily available. No I'm going to wait for there to be no issues. But now I have an issue, so I got <laughs> I got to figure that out. Uh, and I'm kind of uh, mildly panicking about it, but it should be fine. I'm not worried about yeah. it, uh, but I'm definitely not going to ignore it. That would be the wrong. <laughs> yeah, thing. that would definitely be the wrong. Um, thing. so the like we we're saying, or like I alluded to earlier, now that the um, uh, Bethesda has been bought by Microsoft, and all of those big games are going to be on Game Pass day one yeah. when they launch, I'm now thinking to myself, okay. Do I want an Xbox Series X instead of an S so I can play these games like Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield and the next Fallout? And Skyrim again. And Skyrim Skyrim again again. in 4K because Xbox Series S doesn't output in 4K. Yeah. It's in in one point or 2K. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. 1440. So now I'm like, okay, if I'm playing these high caliber games because my my PC can't do 4K either and I'm I'm not going to upgrade my PC right now. So then I would be either having to pay money to buy the games on PlayStation that I can already play on Game Pass and I'm paying for, but they won't be the better versions of it. So now I'm heavily thinking like, okay, maybe I'll buy an Xbox Series X, which is only 10 bucks yeah. more than the Series S would have been for uh, for two years. So mm. 35 a month instead of 25 which isn't terrible. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking. So yeah, you said yeah. you were thinking the same thing, Derek. So I was, I was like gung ho about the S, and then I like thought about it again, and I immediately was like, you know what? I should just get the X. <laughs> so okay. I I was on. I think it was on Walmart, and I had Microsoft open. Mm-hmm. I got one in each of my carts on both pages, and I said, all right. I'll just go with Walmart because, like, this is the page my information is, like, in right now. Yeah. I got all the way through. I put in my credit card. The three button on my keyboard, for some reason, didn't work. Oh, no. So my credit card number went in incorrectly. I hit the button. It it said incorrect. I was like, oh, crap. And then I tried to do it, like, four times, and my fucking three key wasn't (laughs) working. You didn't accidentally hit numlock? What? You didn't accidentally hit numlock? No, no, it was because it was my upper three. I ended up using my... So I don't know if there's something wrong with my key or or whatever. Um, For anyone who's wondering, yes, my credit card number is all threes. (laughs) Um, And then I... You heard it here first. So eventually I got it right, and I hit it, and um, of course, 
because your bank is always watching you, I it they declined it, and I got a text message that said, "Hey, did you just try to do this?" But uh, I didn't look at my phone right away, yeah. and I was like, "Hmm, that's weird. Did I forget to pay my bill or something?" <laughs> so now I'm like, uh, "Well, let me try on Microsoft instead, and I'll use my debit card or whatever." And I was too late for Microsoft. Then I saw the text, tried Walmart again, and they were already sold out. Yeah. So I was like, "Well, I guess it's not meant to be. I I will get one. I I don't need one." I will. Um, I'm sticking by that. You know, I don't need one right now. I was, you know, just caught up in the hype. But yeah, I definitely got caught up in the hype too. Yeah. Um, it's it's just like so frustrating <laughs> that, <laughs> that you you're almost had that, it. Trying to do that. I mean, yeah. it like buying things that are in high demand are always tough. So uh, there should be better ways. Like companies should have figured out a way to do this better by now. Yeah. So you had predicted last episode that. Um, Ye- that the Xbox launches is going to be or pre-orders was just going to be as bad as PlayStation. Yeah, and it was except for I had peace of mind because I knew when to start the chaos yeah. as opposed to the okay go the, the, the uncertainty of will the chaos happen yeah. or not. I don't know, but I'm going to devote the next six hours of my life to that possibility. They definitely I, like they, every store. I think had like a counter, like the Walmart had a counter on it that said like. Pre-orders will be available in 10 minutes. Oh, really? Nine minutes. Yeah. So that was like, okay, nothing's going to break early. Like, they're really locked down on this one. But it's still, it's still too much chaos. Yeah. I think a big part of it is the thousands and thousands of bots trying to Mm -hmm. fully buy Mm -hmm. out. If it was just humans, I think everything would probably run smoothly. Yeah. But the fact that there is probably 80 times more bots than humans trying to buy out the stock instantly creates all these issues which right. is fucking infuriating um but yeah so it wasn't it was it was also a shit show but it was a slightly more organized shit show it was slightly more organized. um and, and there was like a point where it's a pile like, of shit with a bow tie it's like okay i know at this point <laughs> i'm not getting one and i can walk away and be like okay i'll get one later whereas with yeah. playstation you never know like you heard rumors of oh maybe walmart will have more soon and stuff right, like right. so that's that's unfortunate. Luckily, we don't have to worry about that with Xbox. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about the stock later in the year either. Me I, either. Like, I yeah, maybe Christmas plenty. time it might be sold out. But I, I think like this isn't like I don't know. Like you know, the Switch was sold out for a while, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I still it was easy to get one when I got one, even yep. though it was like technically it was sold out everywhere. It like took me like five minutes to find one instead of like you know a year like people are like you know you're never gonna find one like, yeah i ended up finding one mm-hmm. dante told me i was never gonna find one i found one <laughs> take that dante <laughs> um so i think with my experience now i may in the fall or when it's released maybe like hop around for, to a couple stores see if i can get one i may just buy the series x which is I'm now leaning towards because I'm insane. Yeah. Uh, I may just buy it flat out and then subscribe to Game Pass on my own. Uh, because if with the Series S, you're saving 60 bucks uh, after the two years with the Game Pass. With the Series X, you're only saving 20 bucks. Uh, okay. So it's it's not as much. Mm-hmm. And uh, taking out an actual... I didn't realize how intense of a process it is to take out the line of credit. It's not a yeah. simple thing. It's pretty in depth like you have to give them your social security number and stuff so it's 
it, it's pretty serious. Uh, it seems like it did not seem like something I would want to do uh, in like a pre, like a high pressure pre order scenario. Yes, which uh, I highly agree. Regret <laughs> trying. Yeah. Um, and I think if I went in, if I know what I knew what I mm-hmm. know now, I would have just tried to flat out buy an Xbox Series X that day and right. call it a day, walk away from it, uh, and then sign up for Game Pass when it came in. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of in a weird spot now. I got to get this all situated with citizens and make sure I don't owe them money. <laughs> um, so yeah, bit of a shit show. Um, but I mean, I usually think... an approval is very different than actually I can, getting the loan. I can read you the so. email. It says, welcome to citizens one. Congratulations on your approval for the citizens one line of credit for Xbox all access. We are happy to help finance this purchase. Your citizen loan line of credit account number is redacted. Um, yes, three, 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 hmm, three, three, three. Okay. It says so now is the best time there. to set up automatic payments on your account so that you have them in place. Blah blah blah. Before your first e statement, this process is simple. So I guess I could wait and see if I get an email about an e statement, and then yeah, because it just says you I'm approved, and I definitely don't have an Xbox yeah, coming. Well, because well, they're not gonna get. Yeah, I feel like that they don't, they're not gonna get anything from Microsoft about you getting it yeah that that might help but it might still be worth looking yeah into. it might be one of those things where you're like yeah just check it like, anyways especially because like it, they haven't received anything yet and you call them and say hey by the way like i didn't actually buy this yeah um so i like, just erase just, me yeah yeah um which don't get confused citizens one is n- has nothing to do with citizens bank yes they are two separate things yeah, i have a citizens one loan for my car and so there's a, a link here that says hey sign into your citizens one account uh, to set up your thing. So oh, I, okay. I clicked on it to see if it existed and I typed in my account information for my car loan and it won't let me log in via the link that they sent me in the email with that same login. So I have no mm. idea what's yeah, happening. This is, it's all fucking this is weird. All weird. <laughs> so I might send an email first and be like, hey, what's up? And then if that doesn't work, maybe give them a call. You're going to get an Xbox in on November 10th and be like, oh, how how did I well, get this? Yeah, I right? canceled everything. <laughs> I didn't even cancel it. I didn't even think I got it. How did they know how to send it to me? <laughs> how did they get my address? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So all weird. Um, All right. We Did you guys want to take a break or you want to move right into what we've been playing? I'm good. I'm good. All right. We're good here. So we're going to slide right into what games we have been playing. And guys, what games have we been playing? Andrew, I know you were telling me about Jedi Fallen Order. What's your update on that? I finished it. Ooh, nice. What'd you think? Uh, 2019 game of the year. Aha. Over Outer Wilds. And that's a very, that's like a very personal bias i think because i th- yeah. i was telling you a little bit about how i felt but i think uh outer wilds is such a unique experience and the player themselves kind of makes the experience uh and it's a very very special game uh very well crafted but i think that jedi fallen order is just a, a very well designed video game mm-hmm. let alone a great star wars story and you universe s- you see what i'm saying about it being yeah i was telling you it's like it's one of the better star wars stories in recent years yeah it's absolutely my favorite piece of star wars media especially given the shit show that was the sequels <laughs> um and then i've only just started watching the clone wars so we'll see how that goes from there but the but it was uh, and we'll get into it in whenever we have our discussion on video games as a medium. But I think having it be a video game enhanced its storytelling just that much more. Uh, and it putting you in the shoes of Cal makes your makes his journey feel uh, 
more um more attached to you yeah yeah a little more personal yeah so that game it was just it was so great i loved the way that that game handled its exploration um you had it like the the paths were kind of linear, but if you went out of your way to explore, you unlock shortcuts for yourself that make, uh, you know, backtracking a little bit easier, especially because there's some backtracking you have to do. Uh, and then you can go out of your way to find the hidden cosmetics, but none of that is actually required to to experience the story. So it's all the it's all at the player's discretion. Uh, and then there was I think a moment. Um, the, one of the moments that got me was I was I had to go back to the ship, and I don't know if you were required to go down into the ice caves on Zepho, mm-hmm. um, but I f- somehow stumbled my way down there, and then through that, I found a shortcut back to my ship, as well as more hidden goods, and I was like, okay, sweet. Like, I discovered this. Yeah, you got you know? rewarded for your exploration. And the same thing, uh, the, it, so from the beginning, uh, once you have the option... Uh, in the start of the game to go and branch out into the world, you are given two planets to, to go to. You can either go to Zepho or Dothamir. And the story wants you to go to Zepho, but I went to Dothamir first. Yeah. And you are yeah, absolutely not supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> However, through my exploration, I just randomly stumbled upon a workbench, and that workbench happened to have the dual lightsaber hilt, mm-hmm. and I just had a double lightsaber, and I was like, what the hell? That- like, this is so cool. Right? I love that because like they clearly don't want you to go there but they put that there for like the people who maybe tried like here's a little like quick sneaky you know upgrade you can get because you were like a little curious Mm -hmm. you know like it's not like you go there and you're immediately like oh no i'm gonna die because there's too many enemies here the enemies are too strong like you can explore quite a bit before you hit that wall you hit a wall where it's like oh i don't have the abilities to go any abilities which is that great like it's it's Metro that v- metroidvania feel yeah uh, um yeah level design and and yeah that's yeah. A cool i love i love that did yeah. you play through it derek uh well jedi fallen order yeah oh, okay. i i probably played it before the podcast started yes yeah. that was a like, game last year yeah so so yeah i i think that the way that this game incorporates the star wars universe into its game mechanics is super awesome mm-hmm. because there's only so much you can do with a jedi uh by themselves so the addition of bd1 like already adds so many possibilities for exploration and puzzle solving uh, because BD-1 as a droid does things that Cal can't do. You know, like taking over other droids and doing the zipline stuff. And it's... it was, I, I, thought, I just thought it was a cool way to introduce more powers to a game that feel like significant upgrades that aren't tied to your powers as a Jedi. Mm. Um, Especially when you're when it's a game where you're like locked to kind of the the light side of the force, yeah, and it's not kind of like a spiritual journey where you're you maybe could cover both sides. Like you you know you're, there's only so much you know canic- canonically that the the light side of the force accesses. So mm-hmm. like you gotta create these other things, and BD one is yeah he's like the perfect catalyst for for that. Yeah, and then the, obviously this entire game has that classic Star Wars charm to it you know hitting like the hitting the bd1 button just oh just for him to throw a stem yeah to yeah, you. yeah that's, well not only that but i mean <laughs> but i mean uh sometimes they'll just be like droid stim and other times they'll be like hey buddy uh i need a, i need just yeah. i need a some health but no like the button that you would normally press to make bd1 like solve puzzles if mm-hmm. there's nothing around and you just hit it he goes like 
hey buddy how you doing yeah oh, he just does? like checks just in like, on yeah him. Oh, i don't think i ever did yeah that. i hit it once and bd and kyle goes hey you know any jokes <laughs> and it's all in you know droid speak and he goes oh that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love that the subtitles for BD1 literally say beep boop. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's just, really charming. Yeah, I love the the, the crew, uh, Seer and Grease. Yeah, um, Grease is the best. Grease oh. is the best. It's like they both they both fulfill the the character tropes of like you know the mentor and the dad character. Mm. Uh, it was cool. Although I did a I did experience a lot of slowdown. And frame drops, but I attribute that more, I think, to m- me playing on my release PS4. Yeah, uh, I yeah. had so I've it's heard so many people say they had technical issues. I had zero technical issues, and I was playing on my PC for this. Yeah, so I I think PC wise they like squashed most of the technical issue bugs like early on, but for consoles I think it's st- like you just get hit with with slowdowns and stuff, which is unfortunate. Did yeah. you play on console or PC? No, I played on my PC. Okay, and you didn't have any issues? Uh, I had, like, one time where I think I, like, hit, like, a crash or I got, like, stuck somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah I fell through the floor a couple times. Other than that, I didn't really have so any issues. <laughs> I also got it. I didn't get it right away. I got it a few, you know, after they, like, re- yeah. released some stuff. Yeah. I'm, the- I'm looking forward to the, seeing the sequel of that game on next mm-hmm. gen and how... If it, it is, can- if it even is a direct sequel. It is. They said it. Oh, did yeah. they say? Yeah, they said. You yeah. said Cal will be in, like the main character of the oh, next game. Oh, that's cool. I thought that the way that they ended this game could have been pretty succinct as its own. Uni- yeah, as its own. They, they left it pretty open ended, where they could kind of do whatever they wanted yeah. with it. It's and also, I thought it was a cool ending. They're they're in a cool time period of the Star Wars universe where they can the like there's other mediums that are exploring it as well, and they can tie it in with that like uh, like Rebels. I think kind of is around maybe a little more after. That time, yes, yes. I think uh, Rebels is a little bit closer to episode uh, episode four than this one. This is more close to episode. Th- yeah, this three. is like right after Exec- Order sixty six. Well, it's Exec- what it's like five fifteen years. years or something. Five years. Five. No, years. he's a small child. No, nope, it's the, five the years. Flashback. Are you yeah, yeah. I just played the. Game. He's like oh, I guess that's fifteen true. when when Order sixty six is, and then or maybe thirteen, and then he's like eighteen. Yeah, huh. yeah. something like that. Yeah, so but it's yeah, it's an unexplored time period where we have these other pieces in there, but there's nothing like succinct that says, "Hey, this happened, so you have to kind of play by these guidelines." Yeah, like you can play around. Like that's it's that's why it's like at this point the way Jedi that survived Order sixty six. Okay, yeah, you can play around. Yeah, the way that Star Wars as a franchise is trending right now makes it seem like pretty much anything you do can be accepted into the canon. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I like that. It it has its own breath that mm. it can it can breathe into and the story. That's what's been great about the universe for so long, and I think that's what Disney missed is that there is all this room for other things. You know, you have the Knights of the Old Republic games that are are like amazing stories, and mm-hmm. you know, like. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about this. This could be a whole other episode of yeah, Star Wars games. Yeah, we could do just the Star Wars <laughs> but, episode. Uh, yeah, it's no, it's it's definitely. I love that game. I can't wait for a sequel. It's yeah, gonna be awesome. I, uh, the the glitches didn't really detract from my experience at all, except for one moment when I the first time I arrived on Kashyyyk, and mm-hmm. it was playing the cutscene where I'm talking to Saw. Mm-hmm. It just froze every three seconds. Oh, okay, wow. So that, that was sucks. a little bit weird. But overall, I always see a lot of people really taking it out taking it out on games when they have technical glitches and issues that it like makes the game inherently worse and i just can't agree with that uh i believe you argued that for avengers i mean 
I don't I don't think that it I definitely like it's definitely there but it's not a major contributing factor it's kind of just like another thing to tack another on thing on top of it yeah it really depends on how affecting I think it is of the gameplay yeah because if it, it prevents me from playing the game then yeah it's a major issue but I'm saying like I like I fell through the floor when I was walking from a save point to my ship, and yeah. it, like the save point's maybe ten meters away. It's like not a big deal, right? Yeah, it, it's like. But if you oh, fell okay. through the floor at a different point, that could have been a big deal, you know? Yeah, but that didn't happen to me personally. That's true. I mean, I, I guess I think about about the the, the like the Elder Scrolls games, the Fallout games, which are notoriously buggy messes, <laughs> and, but in a fun but way. They're, but they're adored. Yeah. Because there sometimes there's silly things, sometimes there's stupid things. Where the more you save, the slower the game runs. Yeah, Skyrim on a, PS3. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, like I understand people. You know, you do. You want your game to run. You want the game to run well on release. But sometimes, like I don't know, programming is hard. That's all I can say. Yeah, sure is. Uh, what else you play, Andrew? Um, I don't think anything in oh, the wow. last. I mean, nothing huge. Like I played more Mario Golf. I played. <laughs> I played like a game of two, a two or two of Team Fight Tactics. Like yeah. I haven't Nothing been playing uh, a lot of new stuff, but I do think it's funny that um, that yet again another 2019 game I've played has eclipsed my my Your previous <laughs> game of the year from 2019. Every single game this year that I've played from 2019 has topped the list every yeah. time. Well, what, you played Shovel Knight and Pokemon last year, and Luigi's Mansion. That's pretty much it. Um, all right. What do you got, Derek? Anything uh, interesting? Yeah. I well, we definitely have one that we shared. You want to get that out of the way first? The what? We definitely have a game that we both played. Oh, uh, the Super Mario 3D All Stars package. Yes. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, what do you think? I am enjoying it a lot. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I just started with Super Mario 64, and I'm just playing through that. Um, I think I have 50 one stars okay. now i forgot how i don't know if the game's easy per se mm. um because i've never i've played the game in like bits and pieces so there's some things i just like remember from like playing it that you know i like i remember every single star for the first uh world because i've played it at that like i've played it on the ds i played it on the n64 before i've played emulations before but I've never like really dove into this game to completion before. Mm -hmm. So getting once I got past like the I think the first area basically you beat Bowser the first time you get the key. There was when I was like, okay, I'm in uncharted territory in a way that I don't remember much of this anymore. Yeah. Um. And I don't like. Could they have made this better? Yes. But did they have to? And I don't think they did. The only thing I guess I will say is the camera. Yeah, the camera was made in mind of the system that it came out on had one analog stick. So you can't, you know, you couldn't rotate the camera. You had to move it in increments, which makes sense. They could have done something, I guess. So the camera in the original sucked for a different reason. Not, not just because you had to do it in increments with the buttons, but because... The camera was a physical thing. It was the Lakitu. The camera, like you're controlling the Lakitu with that button, and that Lakitu can't 
go through walls and stuff. So there are instances. Right. Yeah. So like they had the camera as like a physical thing in the world, uh, which it was the first 3D game. So it was like trying to figure it out, and it did a really good job at the time. But like in hindsight, mm-hmm. like, that makes it. That's where all those issues come from. Right. Right. So. I think they would have had to there there's too much they would have had to like dive into to maybe fix that. Yeah. And I know that um I'm pretty sure that like the fan made recreations have fixed that in their all way own way. But these are people like going into the code and recreating the game from scratch. Like mm-hmm. if if it took them five years to do that, it probably would take Nintendo five years to Maybe not five years, but it, it would take them quite a while to um, to fix the game, you yeah, know, to get it to, to that things. state. And I think so. I think that's the big reason. I think people, my people, maybe are a little like butthurt about it, is because people have already gone and done these things and put in that work, and it's like here, you know, someone made a perfect PC, you know, recreation of Super Mario sixty four, and it works and runs beautifully on a PC in 1080p and 60 frames per second, Nintendo, why didn't you do this? And it's probably, well, well, we didn't really want to commit all that effort into doing something in the game that already is good enough to, like, it, the game is completely playable because it was built around those limitations, um, you know, 20, 35, 30, no, 20, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. 35. Uh, no, 35 oh, is when Super 24 Mario... Never mind. 24 <laughs> yeah. years ago, right? 1996 it came out. 96 or 5? 96. 96, yeah. 96. So, like, I'm I'm not bothered by it. It, it. it is, like, a little annoying when you're, like, doing something and you're like, oh, yep, can't move the camera past this wall because yeah. it's a physical object. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I don't know. The, you know the, the gameplay, the level design isn't designed around needing to do that. Mm-hmm. It's maybe more of... Like the fact that we've been playing different like games that allow you to do that for so long that we're like, no, I want to do it. Let me do it. But if you like really think about it, you can it's not stopping you from it's not preventing you from doing what you're doing. Uh, and if you just let the game do what it needs to do, it will like it'll be pretty much you'll be OK. It's not going to you can't beat a level because you can't rotate the camera to see something. Like, yeah. The the levels are designed with that in mind. So. Well, I think largely the community's frustration doesn't come from the fact that, like, oh, this one, like Super Mario 64, for example, you know, the camera is still bad. I think it's the fact that this collection is a celebration, supposed to be a celebration of Mario's 35th anniversary, and they're putting so much pageantry to it. Like, if you ask me, 35 is such a random and arbitrary like anniversary celebration like if it was 50 i would get it but it's just another increment of five at this point but it's the fact that nintendo is putting so much focus on mario's 35th that and there's little to no effort made in actually making like modernizing these games at all is what is making people frustrated and charging 60 bucks for it that too so I definitely have buyer's regret here. I wish I didn't buy this game. Wow. Um, so I've been playing Mario 64. I got all the stars in the first two levels, and I'm in the third level. And I think I'm already done with it just because I'm playing it feels frustrating. It just feels so outdated. And I can appreciate its roots and what it did for yeah. 3D gaming, but I physically don't want to play it because it infuriates me. The camera issues are very 
prevalent and you were saying it doesn't interfere with you playing the game and i feel like it does interfere with me playing the game like i'm trying to perform actions and like playing mario odyssey the most recently out of all of them it's that game is so fluid and then coming back to this and having it be the opposite of fluid it's chunky and blocky and yeah uh it's just i don't know i've been struggling a lot and it's like infuriating when i try to read a sign or talk to someone and it takes me 30 seconds to stand in the exact right spot in order to talk to someone there's no like proximity thing where it's like if they went in and touched up a couple little small things like quality of life things, it could have made it feel so much better because it's the exact N64 version that I could have played on my N64 that's still plugged into my TV. It makes me feel really bad about paying 60 bucks for this. So people people are comparing this to the recre- the recreation of, of Crash Bandicoot and the recreation of Spyro. I know that's not what it's supposed to be. But... but- if you really look at those games, they are exactly like their originals, just made pretty. And I don't think, but I mean, the maybe, original games functioned properly. But I can't. I don't think you can say that the original game didn't function properly for Mario sixty four. I'm not saying it at didn't. the time, maybe not. I, I it worked well then. It doesn't feel good now, and I still argue that Crash Bandicoot doesn't feel good. And, and that's your right. opinion. This is, I think this is this maybe become comes from like a a way we look at older games and the way we maybe approach them because we're spoiled now. Well, like when I play Mario sixty four, when I'm playing Mario sixty four right now, I am thinking about how I'm playing Mario sixty four. So like when I come up to an area where uh, maybe like in a in a modern game, I could navigate very like a you know thin walkways or something. Yeah. Or, right. Yeah. If I was playing Assassin's Creed, I could navigate that perfectly. Like just swing right by. But I know because Mario sixty four was made for the stupid N sixty four joystick that if I jerk the wrong way, suddenly Mario's gonna do something weird and fall off. Yeah. So I take my time, and it, so I think it really it comes down to like you have to maybe you, you do have to transport yourself back to. 1996 and say you know i'm playing the 1996 version of mario i'm not playing mario odyssey anymore to jeff's point if he wanted to do that he could have just used his n64 card he already owns instead of paying 60 dollars for this collection and that's a great point why did you buy this if you already have n64 because it's also (laughs) supposed to be two other fantastic video games that also weren't changed at all. So have you have you played the other two yet? So I started Odyssey or Sunshine, Sunshine, Mm -hmm. and I played for maybe fifteen minutes, and I was chasing chasing Shadow Mario around, spraying him with the water, and I was just like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) Uh, It didn't feel great. the 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 movement of Mario himself felt great, and uh, to be fair, I have stated before that. I'm not the hugest Mario fan as a whole. I think Mario yeah. games are fine. Odyssey, I think, spoiled me because it was such a well-made game and felt so good that going back to these games in a franchise that I'm already pretty meh on overall, which I feel bad saying because everybody fucking loves Mario and Mario's the greatest video game franchise of all time and Mario is is fucking lord and savior. <laughs> but, but like, I, like, I was already not a huge fan. And I keep buying them to give them a chance to be like, maybe it's just like... There's something's gonna click in me, and I'm gonna love Mario yeah, all of yeah, a sudden. You're it gonna just appreciate. It never happens. The next time um, you feel bad about that, think about how I don't like Halo. That'll balance it out. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, so 
uh, I don't know, but like I know I like Galaxy, or I remember liking Galaxy a lot when yeah. I played it on the Wii, and but I remember never being a fan of Super Mario sixty four, and and I like lightly played Sunshine. I never owned it. I like borrowed it from someone, and, or like mm-hmm. played it at a friend's house or something. So like, I don't know what I'm expecting to go back to, and especially the farther we get away from N sixty four games, the worse they feel. But like, you can go back to Super Mario World, and that feels pristine and but it controls so perfectly because the n64 is such a weird like period the of time pinnacle of that kind of gameplay at its time yeah right like they had perfected 2d to like 16 bit so 2d games if you go back and you play um like pitfall on the atari you're going to be frustrated with how it <laughs> controls it's not going to feel good so so doesn't that lead to my point that it's okay that i think that mario 64 doesn't feel good and plays bad because it's the earliest part of it and i can respect it as as a historical importance to video games but playing it sucks <laughs> playing super mario 64 <laughs> sucks i'm gonna say it i hate playing in that video game uh there i said it but what it did at its time is fantastic yeah it's really important and i hate it <laughs> i don't like mario 64 so i guess and maybe it really comes down to what we did play when we were younger, because you love Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that, that is great. a game that you love, and you played it when you were young. Or oh, it I think that game played. plays terribly. Yeah, I I never played it. I didn't love it, but I played Crash Bandicoot. I played Spyro. I played. Mario I played 64. those games too, and those just those just felt bad. I didn't like those at the time. I, guess. <laughs> I think Crash Bandicoot <laughs> felt fine when I played it two years ago. Rose tinted glasses. Yeah, uh, maybe. I never maybe played the original it. Crash games when I was a kid either, and I loved the remakes. To be fair, I have written down here that the level design in Mario sixty four is great. I love how it's like a diorama, yeah. and you go in selecting a specific objective in the. The world changes slightly to help you accomplish that objective. It's just a vague title, and all based off of that, you have to kind of solve a puzzle within this world that you get very familiar with very quickly. And I really, really like that. It just plays like butt. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how I feel. I don't know. I probably, I'm definitely not going back to 64. I'm probably not going to go back to Sunshine. I, we'll see if I ever end up touching Galaxy. I wasted 60 bucks. <laughs> And I feel better. I, I feel like if you go into Galaxy, it'll feel better. Yeah. Because uh, Gal- Galaxy. I remember liking Galaxy really quite a bit. Is really, really good. Uh, I know. I, like, I'm just going to play through them one by one. I yeah. think once I finish uh, 64, I'll go into Sunshine. And when I finish Sunshine, I'll go into to um, Galaxy. But. Yeah. I know. I, like, Galaxy is just an incredible game. I. I, I I think Odyssey is is the best, but I know people would argue that Galaxy is better. I liked Odyssey. I thought it was good. It's probably like my favorite 3D Mario game, but because it feels good to control. Yeah, I'd say like Odyssey feels the best for sure. Oh, I uh, <laughs> just got a text from Adam, and I wanted to bring this up, but I totally forgot to. Uh, did you hear that Xbox Series or Xbox One X sales increased eight hundred percent on Tuesday? So I, <laughs> I actually I dove into this a little bit because mm-hmm. I saw that it wasn't that sales increased eight hundred percent. It was that the ranking of where it like was in the chart rose eight hundred percent, and it didn't. It wasn't likely that people went in and bought Xbox One Xs thinking they were buying Series Xs. And that it was most likely maybe people just buying One X's or bots 
buying the wrong thing. Oh, God, I hope bots are buying yeah. the wrong the, yeah, thing. I mean, the picture that Adam sent us says people are accidentally ordering the Xbox One X. Yeah, I, I like, read, I, there was like a Twitter thread that was like the original guy who did the math and then he like dove into it more and was yeah. like, actually, so here's what the metrics actually say. And da 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 da. Um, but oh, there's so many memes that are like, uh, can you imagine being a kid this Christmas? And then it's like a picture of a mom Getting holding an Xbox One, one X. Yeah, it's like, well, they just they already dis- discontinued manufacturing like all of these things. Like it's gonna be a lot harder to buy to a make 1X that mistake in later December. on. Yeah. yeah. But it would be less hard if they named them a little better. Yes. No. I mean, well. I do agree. The naming <laughs> conventions are bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. What other game you playing, Derek? Games? Anything else? Anything interesting? Um. I have been playing Tony Hawk, Tubular, Bro Skater One and Two. Uh, I'm getting a little Did you better. Say Bro Skater. Bro Skater. Tony Hawk Bro Skater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been getting a little better. Um. Starting to really be able to string combos together. Solid. Um. And then, did I play anything? I played some more Fall Guys after oh, nice. the new update. That came I out. also that came played out last one week. game of Fall Guys, actually. I haven't touched it in um, a long time. Yeah, I, I usually play maybe like one or two matches a day. I don't know. It's a fun little kind of game. Quick thing to pass the time. Uh, I played some more Spellbreak. I have been enjoying Spellbreak. You didn't invite us? Uh, yeah, we should, we should figure out a time to... You, what are you playing on? My PC. Okay. Yeah. That's, I haven't installed on my PC, yeah. Yeah, just let me know. Say, hey, let's play Spellbreak. Yeah, it's a really fresh BR, and uh, I've only been playing solo, so I, it'll be cool to try it with a team. Um, and then uh, I don't think I played anything else. I I mostly was playing Ghost of Tsushima to, to, to get it done. finish it for today. Okay. And, oh, and Control. I've been playing a lot of Control. Yes. Uh, I have also... Oh, is that it? That's it. Okay. That's all. I've been playing a good amount of Control... We're finally, we're doing it. We're going to, the goal, the plan is to do our Backlog Power Hour episode next week on Control, finally. <laughs> I, what, when did we do, was it? Like, I did the math. It was 11 episodes ago. 11 episodes ago. Wow. So what's that? Three months ago? Just about Just three about months. Just about three yeah. months. Damn. It will be. It's easily our longest gap. Yeah. Well, we had a lot of game, big games coming up. Uh, no, actually 13 weeks. 13 weeks. Damn. It's also the biggest Cause we, we, game we've had to dip play that's true what control is yeah not no it's is not, it not time wise but like longer scope wise than earthbound Earth? not even close earthbound's like 20 earthbound was like 25 hours yeah. at least oh, okay um so yeah playing control but one video game has been consuming my life it's consuming my thoughts uh and i think it is a heavy contender for game of the year Really, Hades. Yeah. Are we con- are we so considering it? I think it is. It was released this past week. One The game is officially released. I think it's worth. We can have a more in depth discussion about it. I think that that is a good metric for when a game should be available, uh, because that is when the developers say, "Okay, this, this game is the final version. This is the final version of the game." So to that end, Spellbreak would, in theory, also yes, yeah, Spellbreak would, would be yeah, a game of the year, that, or yeah. I don't know if it's a game of the year contender, but eligible for game of the year discussion for anything for nominations. Yeah, so it is a 2020 game for all. Holy shit, Hades is amazing. It's easily the best roguelike I've ever played. Uh, it's up there with. Slay this, it's hard to compare to, compare to Slay the Spire because it's, totally because it's a card game versus <laughs> just like the standard action-based roguelike. Yeah, but in its like roguelike systems. Yeah. Oh, my God. First off, the art style of it is 
stunning. It's almost like portrait art, and then yeah, it's super it's super similar to their last two. Three, yeah, right? uh, like, Pyre. Uh, Pyre. I played Pyre. That one game was really Transistor cool. Bastion. Bastion. Bastion and Transistor are in the hat. Yes, yes I think yes, both of them both are. are yeah. Um. So so first off, it looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's all about obviously greek gods hades Mm -hmm. you are you play as zagreus the son of hades and you're basically trying to escape hell and go go live with the gods in olympus um and the the gameplay loop just feels so satisfying uh dying this is the first roguelike this is a rogue light technically because it has so roguelike you retain nothing rogue lights you retain some powers to make your future runs easier. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure that's how they're defined. Thanks for clarifying that because I, I believe had they're no idea. used interchangeably, but I believe they're also used to define like that. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this would be a rogue light because there are instances. There are rogue like instances like traits, but you retain something. But, yeah. So it, so it makes light. it light. Um. So yeah, basically you go through a run and then you you get materials that you come back with that allow you to kind of buff up yourself, give you better stats and certain things, uh, the general roguelite loop. But being set in Greek mythology and having conversations with the Greek gods is so interesting and cool. And it's the first roguelite I've ever played where the story is prevalent and important and actually succeeds. So every time you die, you'd go back to the next you'd go through like another loop you show back up in the hall of hades and your dad hades is just sitting at his desk doing his paperwork he's like hey you died again you idiot way to go and then um hypnos is always there to like greet you as the first person when you you kind of spawn in this pool of blood and you walk out and he's like oh man you got you got killed by that three-headed uh bone snake again huh man that thing really sucks doesn't it oh i think today he's like oh you got killed by one of those uh bomb throwing skeletons i've always wondered what happens if you got blown up by three bombs at once so like it's very aware of what happened in your last run and people kind of bring it up or and so like some of the greek gods will in your run give you bonuses they're called boons and it Mm -hmm. basically is just like unique abilities for that individual run and the gods uh you'll run into so uh, let's say um, Athena gives me something and then I run into Poseidon. He's like, oh, I heard my my niece gave you this sweet ability. That's really cool. Uh, I'll give you this one to go along with it. And it just interweaves so well. And like, there is a story progression because I've got to a point where like Zagreus is questioning his heritage and like where he belongs in the Greek pantheon of gods. Mm. And like, I don't know, it's, it's progressing in a way I didn't expect it to because I've played like dead cells where there is no story. You just, you have the gameplay loop and that's it. So it's so interesting and it's so well-written. And one of my favorite things about it is the voice acting. It's calm and subdued and very simple. I feel like a lot of games are very exaggerated in the yeah, way they talk yeah. about things. But the uh, Zagreus is, he's just so his, the way he speaks seems like just a real person who's like kind of, he has a lot of power, but he's humble about it. And his dad's a dick, and he wants to run away from his dad. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just I feel like the voice acting for all the gods in this is perfectly nailed. Uh, I think uh, that's a, a super giant thing. They like they just do, nailed their their pyre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their pyre um, game had a very similar thing where all the characters just they nailed the voice acting and the tone for each yeah. of their characters. And, and like being Greek gods, and like if you're familiar with Greek mythology, you run into people like. Uh, 
Sisyphus? Is that his name? Uh, the guy who has to push a boulder up a hill forever? Yeah, yeah. Sisyphus? Sisyphus, that's it. Uh, and like you run into him and you're like, oh, I know your, your deal. And he's just like, hey, dude, how you doing? Oh, you're coming through hell again, huh? <laughs> Stuck in Tartarus. You got to go fight uh, um, Megara. Is that her name? It's just like this demon. And like you just if you have any familiarity with Greek mythology, you hear these names and then you run into people. And you're like, oh, yeah. I know you. You're, you're Hermes. You're the god of uh, delivery. You got the shoes with the wings on them. Yeah. And he gives you abilities that pertain to that. You can run into Zeus who gives you. Or, or like he'll throw down an ability for you and like oh here your attacks do lightning damage now. <laughs> oh, I just can't express how well made this game is and it's I keep thinking about it and dying doesn't feel so bad in this game like some a lot of times when you die in a roguelite or roguelike they it feels bad and you're like man that yeah. run was going so well but going back to the start and talking to all the people and upgrading stuff and unlocking new things feels so satisfying that when i die i'm like damn it that sucks but now i'm excited to go see what's new and what else i can do yeah and what, so yeah. there's like there's there might be like six core weapons uh that you can like choose to go through with so there's a spear there's a shield yep. a sword a bow there's some gauntlets that i'm about to unlock and i don't know it's just each one plays very differently and you can select different boons to kind of match the play style with the current weapon that you're using i recommend this game very highly i think i don't know if it's still on sale i bought it on it was like 20 percent off yeah. when i bought it uh it might still be on that for a couple more days so I mean, it's it's only 20 dollars it's 20 dollars on sale it's usually yeah. 25 uh, okay um, I, I, I bought it did you yeah have oh, you played yeah. it at all no i haven't played it yet um, i think you're gonna love it i was gonna try to finish control and then i was gonna dive into it do that because it's addicting and it will consume yeah, you that's what I, uh, I watched some videos and i was like okay it's like, a it's a perfect game like to pick up and play a little bit, and then if like you're just waiting for something put down, I play usually do like a run or two while I'm in bed waiting yeah. to like. So, so you got it on, on Switch? I got it on okay. Switch. I think roguelites are perfect on Switch. Just that that pick up and play, put down like loop yeah, based yeah. gameplay always feels so satisfying. Um, I think I'm I want to force you guys to play this for game of the year discussion because I think it is that good. Why are you yawning <laughs> into the mic? And like there, uh, one character or one category that I want to do for game of the year is best new character, and there's a guy in this. His name's Skelly. When you Skelly. meet Skelly, uh, <laughs> I think he could be a contender for best new character of the year. Uh, just the gameplay loop is so satisfying. I think I could. It's in my top three games right now. Oh fuck, top four for sure. It's up there. Oh, damn. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm i really digging Hades. Uh, do you have any interest in playing it, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to dive into the catalog of Supergiant games because yeah. I think they're really cool. Uh, but I, even though none of the games are tied together story-wise, yeah. I kind of have feel this like inner desire to play them in release order. So, like, I've always wanted to start with Bastion and then play Transistor yeah. and then play Pyre. But with them in the hat. Yeah, exactly. It, it that, that, too. It throws that off. Tra Bastion and Transistor? I thought just Transistor was I there. will look right. No, they're both in there. They're both in there. Yeah. Um, let's see. We got... Da, 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 da. None of them are actually in the current hat, but they are in... in the hat hat. Bastion and Transistor are both in the... Bastion is so the good. Hat. They're in the backlog hat carrying really hat. I really like Bastion. Did you? I started playing Transistor, but just didn't... I think there was too many other things out at the time, so I never got into it. And I haven't played Pyre. I didn't know Pyre... I thought Hades was their third game. Because this game has been mm -hmm. in like early access for like two years or something. It started December 2018 is when it first started yeah. early okay. access. So, so. I, didn't, I didn't ever know... I never knew Pyre came out. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, Pyro exists. I played it last year, two years ago. It's pretty fun. It's yeah. like weird magic basketball, kind of. Okay. With cool story. It's very interesting. Um, But yeah, please I play, to dive into play Hades. Yeah. Uh, it's to that end, Derek, we were, Jeff and I were discussing taking uh, Ori and the Blind Forest out of our hat so that you can play it and Will <laughs> yeah. the Wisps at yeah, your leisure. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah, you <laughs> so are. I can just play it. I am <laughs> erasing Ori and the Blind Forest from our backlog power Is hour. it? Is it already in the no. hat hat? Mm-mm. No. Okay. No, it was just, so, yeah. it, it was in the hat hat, not the actual hat. Okay. Um, so now you are free to play. I'm free to play it, Blo- so I can Ori. then play Ori yes. in the Will of the West for Game of the Year. Yeah, correct. Um, you know, it's pretty funny because the other day, I, I every so often I open up. It's on Game Pass. Yeah, Game Pass, and say, "Hey, what's new? What, what, you know, what should I download?" And I was like, "You know what? Maybe I should just, <laughs> just play, play Ori. Ori." And then I was like, "I don't know. I really want to play the first game." And I almost was just like, "You know what? I'm just gonna play the first game and not tell them." <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, I would have been so okay that, with it. Oh, great. So that maybe yeah. that'll be my next thing. I'll play that in Hades. Please play Hades. I want to <sighs> talk about it with you guys so bad. I feel like uh, if like we all get into Hades, I bet Adam would love it too. It's on Switch. It is. Uh, yeah. I feel like we could our text group, our pod, um, podcast text group, will just be fucking blowing up with like Hades things. It's so good, guys. Yeah, I think it's funny that I, I remember making an offhand comment a while ago probably when I was talking about Okami that I wanted there to I wanted there to be more games with Greek mythology and since then like four games have come yeah. out this year <laughs> it's like this one we have uh Immortals Phoenix yeah, Rising that's it, next year what was the uh, Godfall I think is yep. the other one yep. no Godfall is not no Greek no that's mythology. the looter slasher yeah it's a looter slasher and I thought it had stuff game. to do with Greek no okay. I think it's all just weird and then there was stuff. one other one I want to say but I don't remember Play Still Hades. funny. I, yeah. Hades is so Hades, good. I yeah. just might. All right. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll do our spoiler talk for Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> and we are ready to talk about Ghost of Tsushima, uh, the PS4 yeah. exclusive. Derek, I'm going to start off with this. Is this your favorite video game of all time? No, <laughs> but I, th- I've been thinking about it, and I might. This might be in my top five. Wow! Wow! Yeah, um, yeah. I really, really, really liked this game. <laughs> yeah, this game was fucking sweet. Uh, it was quite, whew, quite fun. Okay, so where we want to start with this conversation? So this is our our spoiler filled discussion of Ghost of Tsushima. If you haven't beaten the game, uh, and you don't want to be spoiled on it walk away now come back uh next episode i guess because this is what we're gonna be talking about the rest of the episode uh so there's your warning we're gonna get into everything what do we where do we want to start oh man where to start where to start that's a in the tale of jin sakai in the tale of jin sakai i guess what should we start with kind of like what we chose in the beginning I think we talked about this what, maybe our, off podcast about like what horse we chose and is, sure. it picking up, is it picking it up? No, it's fine. Oh, okay. Um, just because I'm interested. So, th- right. I, we all chose the white horse, right? Yeah, like, because a white horse is a samurai yeah. horse. So we, th- th- I don't know who I'm talking. I'm talking to Adam, I guess. He's not Adam, here. what horse did you choose? <laughs> um, the beginning of the game, you choose your horse for the game, maybe. Um <laughs> Uh, and you pick a name for it. So, what did you guys pick for a name? Sora. Kage. 
Nobu. So we picked all three different names. Yeah, we got all the names cool. kind of awesome. covered. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Horses. <laughs> Fire Emblem Three Horses. <laughs> I went with the obvious Kingdom Hearts reference because, you know, that's how I do. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, well, that's it. Uh, thanks for tuning <laughs> in. Uh, um, <laughs> all right, so I guess let's talk about, let's talk about gameplay Horse first. Horse of Tsushima. Uh, so the, the general idea of the gameplay of this game is you're a fucking samurai. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last samurai, you're Tom Cruise. And well, you're not the last samurai. You're not the There's last samurai. at least two others. So at the beginning of this game, uh, the island of Tsushima. Do you want to just quickly outline the story? Sure. Who wants to do it? Derek, this is your fifth favorite game of all time. Outline the story. Uh, So uh, it is a historically based game. Fun fact. This really kind of happened. Yeah. Um, So in undisclosed year, because I can't remember off the top of my head. The 1400s? Is it 1400s? I think Uh, maybe. The Mongols attempt to invade Japan. And the most westward area or like land of Japan is uh, the island of Tsushima. Um, and so the Mongols... 1274. 1274. Okay. 1274. They invade the island of Tsushima. Um, they're obviously in 1274. The way the Japanese kind of government worked is the shogun is kind of the ruler. And, uh, they have like their lords, the clans are spread throughout Japan. So, and this game, we, we learned about the clan of... The Shimura clan and the Sakai clan and a couple other clans, I think. Um, but every clan has a samurai. And when we go to war, the samurai go to war. And so the Mongols invade and the samurai go to uh, defeat them. And all but two of the samurais die <laughs> in this attack. The Mongols defeat like all the samurai so that are there. The main Mongol, Koten Khan. Koten Khan, who, yeah. Is Khan a title or is that a bloodline? Is he a relative of Gen- Genghis Khan? Yes. Uh, that's a good question. I th- I mean, think, that's what Mongolians are, right? Yeah, I think it might be a a bloodline thing. Okay. Um so Koten Khan, he talks about yeah. how he studied um the the like Japanese the, culture the, and, and stuff, like yeah. the way of the samurai in yeah. order to learn how to defeat them and so in which case he easily defeated them because he took the time he right. learned the language he put in a lot of time to make sure he came over here and slaughtered all of the samurai I mean the, the, the history of the Mongols in themselves is pretty interesting just because how they basically you know uh, took over the entire world but not really but um, yeah so like that's a, a he's a great villain for this for this game and a cool like kind of historical figure i don't know if he's the actual leader of that invasion group i think it was mainly i don't know what is real in this game and what is not real my i figured it was all fictional but took place in a real historical period i think all the characters are fictional um yeah yeah like Koten Khan's not right they're it's, they're fictional characters to tell kind of like an interesting story oh, Koten Khan is supposed to be genghis khan's grandson by the way okay. in the game okay Okay, interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the samurai attack, you survive and are saved by a thief named Yuna who helps you escape uh, the, a Mongol territory and find your sword. And um, she is your, like, companion-ish throughout the rest of the game and helping you defeat the Mongols yes. um, and defeat Khan. Uh Like, the first objective of... 
the game is to kind of build a team, assemble assemble the Avengers, if you would, <laughs> to uh, save your uncle, Lord Shimura, from uh, the Khan, who is currently stationed in a like castle at the northern part of the southern part of the island. The northern part of the southern part. Um, how, how deep do we want to go? We can go everything here. Okay, so there are three. What you, there are three groups you you recruit. You recruit or four groups. You recruit uh, Taka, who is Yuna's brother, who's a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. Um, you recruit uh, Sensei Ishikawa, who is the best archer the, yeah, on the island. The best archer samurai on the island. I can't exactly remember why he wasn't at the battle, um, but there he has like a re- he didn't make it to the battle for some reason. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then you help you recruit Lady Mas- Masako, who Lady Masako is the surviving wife or widow of another clan, the clan Adachi, Adachi clan. Yeah, uh, who all her sons and her husband died in uh, the attack. Her husband the is the first person you watch die. Yeah, yep. that's true. Uh, and then you recruit the Ronins, who are um, de- described. I don't know. It's so Ronin, like Ronin, samurai. No, Ronin are samurai who uh, they do not uh, follow a lord. Okay, so they're just kind of so wandering. They're, not disgraced. they're, they're, they're they, just wandering samurai yeah. with no mercenaries. Lord, basically. Not, not samurai per se, because samurai Ronin, is more yes. like a Ronin a is religion. its own right, word. right. It's its own thing. Uh, yeah, but basically they they practice the ways of the samurai, like of the but the not sword. officially under the shogun. Exactly. Yeah, so it happens that uh, one of Jin's, uh, yeah, Jin's old friends, Ryuzo, is the leader of the Straw Hat Ronin, and so you build this little team, um, and you go to save Lord Shimura, your uncle, your uncle. Uh, you learn a little bit about Jin's history uh, throughout this time. You learn that Jin. Uh, Jin's father died when he was young in like an attack and he kind of holds a it inside of him that like he's kind of responsible in a little bit or he was cowardice in his father's death because his father was literally died in front of him and kind of reached out to him survivor's guilt yeah he's got a little bit of survivor's guilt uh, and you know Lord uh, Shimura his uncle kind of pulled him under his wing and said I'll treat you you know you are now the Lord of clan sakai you know i'll teach you the ways so you, you kind of start to see his Jin's relationship with lord shimura build and you see you know learn why you know he really wants to go save his uncle yeah uh not just because his uncle is his uncle but also because his uncle is a very powerful samurai mm-hmm. so i think one important thing the biggest the big conflict uh, or internal conflict of this game is and the namesake of the game is Jin was trained as a samurai, fight yes. with honor, face your opponent, look them in the eyes as you try to fight them. And Yuna, the thief that saved him, kind of convinces him or teaches him, hey, this foe is greater than that tradition. You yeah. need to do whatever it takes to defeat them. So Jin starts to learn the ways of assassination and sneaking around, which yeah. are things that the samurai forbid. And slowly over time, he gains the represent or the um, the reputation reputation yeah. of the ghost, who is this mysterious man. And you you catch people who uh, run into Jin and say, "Oh, you're the ghost? Wait, you're not eight feet tall." So you yeah. you witness 
this myth and legend start to form around Jin becoming the ghost and becoming this unstoppable one-man force that is greater than any samurai could be. However, this goes entirely against everything Lord Shimura, his uncle, taught him. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess go ahead and continue with... So, I'm trying to remember, there's like a specific moment early on in the game. So, like, yeah, Yuna plants that seed of, like, assassinate, you know, like, you gotta be, you can't face people up front like you got to be clever with this um and there's a i can't remember the moment is it in the first section where they do reference him as the ghost for the first time uh i think it might not be till i think it's just like one of the first times that you face an encampment or like kill somebody in a way that's not a face-off well there, there's like a specific i thought you I didn't hear the phrase be, ghost until the second section yeah like someone the people call you the ghost and uh you're, he immediately he's like, no, no, I'm I'm Jin Sakai, I, blah, blah, yeah. and then then Yuna like doubles down with the whole term of ghost. Yeah, Yuna's the one who like really pushes yeah. for the uh, yeah the name the ghost for for Jin. But you you definitely you start to see I think with the 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 stuff with Lord, um with Sensei Ishikawa, uh, Jin talks about with him because he's also a samurai. His conflict with the you know both ways um i think even with like the way of the bow he he like is a little bit like on the edge of the samurai's honor you know ways of honor yeah and stuff like that and i think when you first save lord shimura he kind of mm-hmm. like brings it up to you like you know i, I understand you did what you did because to yeah, save Co- me Koten khan is like hey you should hear these things that your nephews do yeah, he's stabbing yeah. people in the back and and shimura's like no my nephew would never do that yeah. There's mm-hmm. no way. So yeah, well, the end of Act One is you saving Lord Shimura with your uh, team of samurai Avengers, and <laughs> uh, basically him saying, "Yeah, hey, I I heard you're doing this shady shit, man. Sh words, shady shit. Uh, stop it. Yeah, and I'll adopt you as a son. Right. Yeah. Well, let's we'll do this my, our our normal way, our samurai way from now on. Now that we're together again, yes. and we're gonna contact we'll, the mainland. We'll do this just fine. We're gonna get the lords to send us more samurai, and we're gonna tackle them head on, and we're gonna defeat the invaders. Yeah. Yep. So you you know, the the Khan escapes. He escapes up to uh, Lord Shimura's Even castle, further north, further yes. north, further north, uh, to Lord Shimura's castle. So Lord Shimura's like, I want my castle back. So here's what we gotta do. So you have to, uh, yeah, you. You reach out to the shogun to send some samurai over. Um, you go to your old home. Uh, Oak, no, Omi? Oki? No. Omi. Omi. Omi village where you lived and you go retrieve your father's armor, which is like a kind of a, a big moment. Um, and I can't remember what the third. Oh, you convince the people of Yarika- Yarikawa. To join your cause, which is like a hidden village that the Khan hasn't found, right? Uh, no, they were being attacked. No, they were being attacked. You save them from actually from being attacked by the Mongols. But the whole thing is, back in the day, Lord Shimura and yourself put down a rebellion of that's the right. Okay, I remember people. Now. So you're not like well liked there, and so you yeah you you go into the city and you help them face off against the Mongols. You, you know, they survive, you get through, and they decide, okay, in order to defeat this threat, we have to join you. Uh, oh, big thing we missed. So, in the battle uh, to save Lord Shimura, oh, yeah. 
uh, Ryuzo, your best friend, oh, betrays yeah. you. That's yeah, right. the Ronin get hired yeah, by the Khan. Get hired by the Khan. Yeah, because you're all there and you're like, where's where's the Ronin? They're supposed yeah. to be here. Like, oh, they'll show up eventually, maybe, or maybe they're not coming. And then, yeah, it turns out they're there to kill you. And then the rest of the game, you're fighting Ronin yeah, so on top of the Mongols. They're, they're like kind of scattered throughout the next area. And um, you have to go. Is going to Umi Cove part of the, the campaign or is that just an extra I think it's area? a side thing I think it's a side thing okay uh, yeah so I think it just is those three Yarikara yeah. and so you do that you convince you get your Shimura you, the, you, they get the samurai and you invade you go to, for the battle to get the castle back and this is where Jin mm-hmm. really starts to change commits to the ghost basically you get it before he's like Ah, it's so when you're saving Yarikawa yeah. is when you you get the ghost gameplay wise you get the ghost sense mm. and it's basically like his the legend of the ghost has built up to this point where now the Mongols are starting to be afraid of you and I, like I don't know what the fear becomes a big tactic yeah, of Jin fear is a huge tactic and he basically starts like slaughtering. That's actually that's what I think the mechanic is called to get into ghost stance without building up is you slaughter the Mongol leader. You li- he literally cuts its head off. Yeah, and like it's a way to instantly build a ghost stance. Yeah, to kill a Mongol leader without being seen. The the Mongols like immediately are like holy shit like a ghost you just kill you just slaughter them and so you like he's becoming this honorless figure and it's starting to drive this uh, you know wedge between um, Lord Shimura and yourself. Um, when you go to attack the the Lord Shimmer's ca- castle uh, earlier, uh, Jin has learned of poison from his old like caretaker mm-hmm. that she used to use, and uh, he decides basically like, hey, we can use this poison to kill the Mongols and make make this battle easier, and maybe it'll even kill the Khan. And Lord Shimmer's like, no, that's not the samurai way, like. That would be treasonous to the shogun. Like it would be disrespectful, dishonorable. And Jin basically says, "Well, screw you. I'm gonna do it because I n- don't want any more people to die." Yeah, like, because he because Lord the way that Lord Shimura was going to do it, uh, you know, the samurai way was going to sacrifice the lives of so many yeah, people. Yeah, like run down this bridge and die, yeah, and eventually be, we'll uh, make it through. Yeah. So Jin sneaks over. He poisons the whole Mongol army, and. Funnily enough, sure they win the, the battle. Khan escapes. The Khan the runs battle. north. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, Jin is disgraced as a samurai. Uh, Lord is like, look, someone has to answer for this, and it's either going to be you or Yuna. And he's like, well, no, I'm not going to give. Oh, also, oh, you get captured by. Hold on, we gotta take a couple steps back. <laughs> so the first time you go into Lord Shimura's castle, you get captured by the Khan. And oh, Taka, who at this point you're like, you built a pretty nice little relationship with Taka. He's a cool guy, he made you a cool grappling guy. hook. Yeah, he comes to try and save you. You both get captured, and the Khan's like playing mind games and he tries to get Taka to kill you. Instead, Taka decides, no, I'm gonna try and kill the Khan, and the Khan just kills Taka. Uh, yeah, like not even a not even brutally, yeah, brutally kills him. So. Um, I think that was Jin's like moment. Break, that of, was that's kind of like his breaking point yeah. is if I can't save Taka, then I need to save the rest of these people. Yeah, being being honorable didn't work. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Yuna's upset. Everybody's upset. So 
Fast forward back to where we were. We've taken over the castle. And uh, Luchamar is like, this, you know, this woman is corrupting you. Either give me her or I'm t- like, you are going to be the catalyst for You're going to be the... the um, Prisoner. The prisoner, yeah. You're going to be the one who's going to answer to the Shogun. And he says, he lets Yuna go. He gives Yuna his sword. And Yuna leaves. And Jin is imprisoned. Uh, thankfully, your great drunk friend Kenji, Kenji comes and breaks you out. And you escape into... You, you begin your escape. Unfortunately, as you're escaping, you get the most your, heartbreaking moment you, of the entire game. You hop on Sora, Nobu, Kage. And... As you're escaping, your horse gets shot with an arrow. Several arrows. Several arrows. I think only one actually like sticks out in the cutscene, though. No, I think there's like Is several there in his butt. Uh, and as you escape into the, the snowy north of the island of Tsushima, your horse dies. So sad. Uh, because the, throughout the whole point of this game, uh, uh, anytime you like you call your horse you're like sora or oh, for me it was sorry he's like yeah. sora come <laughs> and and at the end of missions or you're just riding on the horse and he said someday we'll go for a peaceful ride yeah and <laughs> at the end of each and, mission and, and he just like when you call when you're riding him sometimes we'll just go like you're a good horse kage <laughs> and some like at the end of missions it'll just be uh, title Them cards where, together. yeah they're like taking a nap together or yeah. he's petting him or the horse is fucking with him from behind and it's like fun and cute and you're building a relationship with this horse and they they rip your heart out <laughs> by shooting a horse with an Which arrow. I fucking called by the way. Did you? Yeah I said to you remember I was walking by in the lab and I was like I swear to god something bad's gonna happen to that horse <laughs> and I knew it. Uh, so yeah they kill the horse. Heartbreaking. And then they have the audacity to replace it. Yeah, yeah, that was a little. That weird. was awful for me. I was so mad about that. Sorry, am I yelling? Yeah, you're yeah. fucking screaming. Sorry. Calm down. He's very, he's very. Upset I was very us. passionate about that horse. Uh, yeah. So your horse dies. Yuna saves you, uh, or eventually run into her, or whatever. But you learn that the Khan has been able to basically reverse engineer your poison and is now using it on the people of Northern Tsushima, and this is where like Jin is really gets like conflicted, like. I did what I needed to do, and yet it's created more problems. And I use this poison, and, I, and it's yeah. So basically, now you're you let your friend you go find your friends. Your friends are still on your side, which is great. Um, you devise a plan to defeat the Khan. Uh, you're gonna there's a storm coming, a a monsoon uh, is planning to come in. It's going to trap the. This is based on this is true. Yeah, there was actually a storm that the Japanese used to defeat the Mongols. So this is all real. Yeah. Uh, So that that it'll trap the Mongols in this port for too long. Uh, You learn that the Khan is planning to uh, go to the mainland mainland and basically use this poison on the mainland. So Jin really feels like, all right, I got to stop this. He decides he will go to Lord Shimura. And tried to convince him to join them in the siege by sending him, leaving him a little letter. Um, yeah, you go to this <laughs> final battle. You you do the final battle. You you all your friends are there. You're winning. You win. You kill the con. You kill the con. That battle was pretty good. And you're like, all right, the game's over. But it's not. But it's not. And this is where shit gets so interesting. This is. This is what I think I love this. this as like a great, not just samurai movie, but kind of like a Western 
like it's it's what uh yeah it what makes it a samurai movie is it's this this wasn't about the mongol invasion this whole story is about Jin and Lord Shimura and the kind of person that Lord Shimura wants Jin to be and the person that Lord that Jin thinks he needs to be thinks he needs to be and who he grows up to be and who he becomes and it's Lord Shimura wants the son he wants Jin to be his son because he never got to have a son and Jin realizes that to be to save Tsushima he has to become more than a samurai he has to become the ghost and he becomes the ghost and so you, Lord Shimura summons you back to Omi Village, down to the lake where you. Yeah, he's just like I want. I want to talk. Where to you. you've had many flashbacks already. Yeah, yeah. This beautiful scene of of red and white leaves on by this, a pond. Like, flat, this, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So you go on this nice little ride with him. You help someone who's stuck, and uh, it, it's like revealed that he's going to bring supplies to the ghosts' army in the north. And Lord Shimura's like, what's all that about? He's like, Jen's like, I have no idea. Like, that's not me. Like, yeah. the you know, my story as the ghost might be over. And so you eventually you get to where your father is buried. And the dialogue is starting to hint that maybe Lord Shimura is going to kill you. Because it's like, we're going to your parents' final resting place. And what could possibly be your final resting pace, place? Hint, hint. And so they have this conversation. Uh, they talk. Lord Shimura reveals that the Shogun has basically told him, you must kill the ghost. You have to kill the ghost. Jin is the ghost. And you get, you have this final duel. You write each other's yeah. last words. You, so Shimura you says to you, words. yeah, he says, write the last words of Clan Sakai. Sakai. So you take a moment and each, both you and your uncle write a yeah. haiku as your last. And la- Jin's haiku is a reflection of On, his yeah. relationship with his uncle and like <sighs> how he lost like his bonds with his uncle. And one of the the topics for game of the year later in the year is going to be best moment. And I think the final haiku <sighs> is one of the best, could easily be one of, one the, of best the best moments, moments of the year. Yeah. Cause there's just that moment. I wasn't expecting it. It came out of the blue and it's just like so impactful. Cause his father really? figure to you, it's like wants to, like he has he to has, kill you. I expected something like he's this. He's a samurai, and he has to uphold his duty to the shogun. And so, yeah, you get in this great duel. I loved every single second of it. And then you get left with what might be the only, the only real story choice in the entire yes, game. Yes, you don't get to make any choices. You're basically following a scripted story. And yeah. then at the very end of the game, you have a choice. You you Obviously, you beat him in battle. And he says, give me an honorable death. And it gives you the choice to either spare Lord Shimura or kill Lord Shimura. What did you guys do? Andrew, what did you do? I spared him. I spared him. I also spared him. Yeah. So none of us killed him. Good, good, because that's apparently the good ending. Right, because the the honorable thing would have been to kill him, and he he says his final lines, I have no honor. I have no honor, and so... I can't kill you because you would not be getting an honorable warrior's death because I am an honor. Um, I, I am no dishonorable honor. warrior. And it's also like his final, like I am renouncing you because yeah, this is what you want me to do. And I, it's like, I don't want to be what you want me to be. And I don't want to do what you want me to do. So I'm not going to kill you. And but that Jin is also that is more still than cares death. about his uncle yeah. and doesn't want to yeah, take the, his life. Uh, right. That's why I feel like there are so many levels as to why sparing him is the correct choice. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Also because the game di- dictates that. I mean, I can see how, like, based on your playing of the game, that you might want to kill him in it the end. It could be, like, I could easily see someone who killed them and saying, like, yeah, it is the last thing I could do for him. And it is, like, I could... Or I, his, like, he he's stuck in his old ways. So yeah. So I, like, for, for you know, the, the, for people to grow, we must end the ways of the Shogun. I must end him, you know, because he, he's, the, he's the, he, the Jito. So he's like the the leader of the island for the shogun. Mm-hmm. So that's also like a big deal. Okay. Well, so I guess we've talked about this story. I I mentioned that uh, the the it's like the it's kind of like a big samurai movie, and that's prevalent in the way this game is portrayed. It it like half of the the camera setups while you're moving and uh, or cutscenes are just. Per- like beautifully crafted the game is very cinematic yeah it's mm-hmm. one of the most cinematic like it's up there with last of us in like cinematography in a way that i wasn't expecting it to be it's the world is built not to be realistic in the environment of uh like what the the island of shishima looks like it's built to make every single like screen capture be stunning and it's, how how you would build a set of a movie? It's a hyper stylized game, and yeah. I love it for that. It is yeah, it's so Very beautiful. I, yeah, it's such a pretty looking game. Where where The Last of Us uses maybe like real world uh, environments to build like artistic looking things. This like just takes that away and says, no, we're building this world to be a complete piece of art wherever well, you go. The Last of Us is a technically beautiful game. Ghost of Tsushima is stylistically, a, is stylistically and artistically beautiful game. They're, yeah. they're both beautiful, but in very different ways. Um, I think one thing that I didn't expect to happen, and but I found was amazing, and I want to know if it happened with you guys, is my journey as a player and my play style evolved with Jin's story so mm-hmm. i started out mostly doing samurai stuff i committed to the archery build and then i did a standoff build and i was i was engaging people head on and then as i felt the story necessitated me to be the ghost more and it was giving me better abilities to become the ghost then i fully started to embrace the ghost play style and started sneaking around mm. and assassinating people and i think they designed it in such a clever way where that is a natural progression because they make the samurai stuff more powerful early and the ghost stuff more powerful later so that you're naturally inclined to want to make that progression along with the story. Is that something that you guys also kind of notice yourself doing? Not really. I basically did the ghost play style from the very beginning. Did you? Yeah. I, I, uh, my very first, the first thing I did with my skill points was fully upgrade all of my ghost weapons um, and my stealth uh, tactics. Like, I think one of the first things I did was upgrade my your hearing button. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so from the very start, I was sneaking around assassinating people. And then as soon as that stopped working, I would just fight hordes of enemies. Hmm. All right. So I definitely started, I feel like I never went as heavy into the bow as you did. I went full bow at one point. Um, I used I- my bow quite a uh, bow. Uh, a fair bit. <laughs> uh, I I was definitely more of like, yeah, I'm gonna use this stand. I'm like, I'm a samurai kind of still right now, and so I uh, definitely um, d- did standoffs more. Kind of went into villages and just you know said did a standoff and then tried to just fight everybody. Uh, and that is kind of difficult in the beginning of the game, but it felt very satisfying and it made me feel like a powerful samurai. As uh, like in the beginning, like Jin, you know, 
you start at the beginning of the game, the Mongols are attacking, the enemies aren't as strong, and you're, you still are able to kill them pretty quickly because you're, like, this powerful... You're a samurai. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're still pretty pretty powerful. And then once I got the Ronin armor, I was like, hmm, you know? You, like, part of the story, you know, like, he, yeah, he's changing. I'm like, I'm kind of going to go with this... I'm like, I'm going to build... I'm going to be a straw hat Ronin. Like, I'm not, you know, maybe I'm starting to get away from my roots of the clan Sakai or whatever. The Ronin is, gives you some, like, sneak ability, right? It so makes it harder to it's detect. It's harder to detect you, and you do, like, more melee damage. Yeah. And uh, I forget what the, maybe you have more health or something. I don't know. But, yeah, so that's when I started, like, I started sneaking around a little bit more and trying to defeat as many enemies as I could um, with that. And then, like, then I would just, like, fight people. Um, I didn't really use the ghost weapons a lot. Until the end of the game, where you get the ghost armor and the ghost stance becomes like a huge part of it, and I was like, "This is actually this playing this way makes you feel like a god." Yeah, like th- this fulfills like a power fantasy. I feel like I haven't felt in an- another game in a really long time, mm-hmm. and it also ties into where the ghost's legend would be at that point in the narrative. Right, right. He would be this like people would be scared of him. He would, you know, like. I love just building up that meter as quick as I could and then just, like, just murdering people Yeah, <laughs> as as the ghost. <laughs> uh, I still didn't really use... I started to use the smoke bombs more, but most of... The, like, I didn't use the wind chimes or firecrackers very much, mainly because I felt like... I didn't feel like I needed to be stealthy in any area. I felt like I could just be stealthy as long as I wanted and then... And then fight afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it definitely, like... it. I mean, the great thing about this game is I think the armors, the the abilities, they really do allow there's you to kind so of, much variety. Yeah, have kind of whatever playstyle you want, and there's something for you to find to kind of tailor to it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, like I think I over time found myself uh, just at all points in the game, I was kind of using the full scope of your move set, mm-hmm. like constantly switching between stances. The only thing I really uh, didn't change was my armor. I basically used the traveler's attire the entire game. Really? That's mm-hmm. insane to me. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I feel like that makes it so much harder. I just thought it looked the coolest. Interesting. I didn't I didn't pay attention to the to the what, stats what, at all. What difficulty did you have it on? Normal. Okay. And you and you were killing people. I guess if you're sneaking around mostly then it doesn't matter as much. Yeah. You get the assassination. Plus, like I said, I upgraded my ghost weapons a lot. So, like, my charm combination was one when I execute a perfect dodge, it refills one kunai, mm-hmm. and my kunai do a shit ton more damage, or like I throw extra kunai. So, I basically yeah. had a kunai build, and I would just, I could one shot some of the lower health enemies with kunai and two shot the higher health enemies. Okay. Interesting. So I, I played on hard. Did you did you play on normal? Or did you play on hard? I think I played on normal. Okay. So the game, I didn't think it was that hard. Um, there were moments. If, it's easy to get overwhelmed, but as long as you don't let yeah. yourself get overwhelmed by like a dozen enemies, it's pretty easy to kind of go through and uh, meticulously take out your enemies. Mm-hmm. I almost thought about changing because so halfway through, I don't. You guys might have finished the game by this point, but they released the lethal difficulty. I think I was done by which was it by that point like. So it's a one hit difficulty. All Can everything kill? dies in one hit. Okay. But you also die in one Does hit. Does that include like kunai too? I think so, yeah. Oh wow. So like bow, sword, whatever, everybody dies in one hit, but you also die in one hit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I almost was like, maybe I should switch over to that for a little bit just to try it, but I didn't um, that might be too much for a first playthrough. That might be like a second playthrough thing. It, yeah. it was funny. I think because it, like, it described it as like, this is for people who feel like they should be killing everybody in one hit, but know that that would make the game too easy. So like, 
here you know here you go yeah you're gonna die in one yeah because you could like, just like throw kunai at people and then pick up more kunai right like there's there's definitely ways in the game to like create builds to like do that way really successfully and very easily if you know how that like after beating the game, I could restart this game on lethal, and I would know exactly what I needed to do. You could to, spec that way very quickly and right, become unbillable. To, to and you that. could do just the story missions. Right, right. But, where you know where a large part of this game is exploring and doing side quests and right. Whatnot. Yeah, I wouldn't need to to explore the whole world and run into people randomly. So let's talk about like just the open worldness of it and what we thought about it and the objectives and the side missions. How do we yeah. feel about all that stuff? Because Derek, being one of your favorite games ever, I'm assuming you loved all that stuff. So the the character specific tales are awesome. Yeah, I, I, I agree. agree. I love all the story stuff with Ishikawa and Lady Mosco and those those missions are yeah. great. Uh, some of I think the early like non, uh, just the regular tales. The tale the regular tales are like interesting. I think they like flip flop between being interesting and just being. Yeah, some of them I think are really cool. Uh, because I think there's just maybe too many in the beginning area. Uh, for like how long you're there? Yeah, because some of them are just yeah they're like silly things like you had talked about. I think earlier uh, on one of the episodes, like it's like oh there's a demon in the forest. You go in the forest. It's bandits. It's bandits. There's a lot Always of like bandits. those, um, but some of them do do like a really good job of uh, exploring not only Jin's influence on on the world, but also the Mongol influence on like what's going on. Uh, you know how regular people are are handling uh, are yeah. handled. The, there's a point in the, the you know there's only four side missions in or four regular tales, not character tales, in the last area. Yeah, and they all kind of have to do with his effect on the world as the ghost. Like one of them is literally like the Mongols poisoned a family, the poison you use and you try to help them. And then they end up like burning to death. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they're short, they're quick and they kind of, yeah, they engross you in this world a little bit and they like show the effect, not just you as a character, but also what's going on in the world have on like regular people. Mm. I think the Mongol territories every single time was really fun. Yeah. Like each one being a different layout and kind of sneaking around and finding mm -hmm. the best way to try to kill either going through it stealthily or like when I had a standoff build, just walking up and saying, fight me. Yeah. And then like and taking a bunch of them out. And yeah. Yeah. They, I think each of those were really fun. Um, I, did... I think they got stale for me after a little while. At that point, I was doing them. The satisfaction from them was coming from revealing more of the map. So were you going from Mongol territory to Mongol territory? Like all only in, only in, towards in... the third act. Okay, but yeah, in the first um, the first act, I think was it was a lot more fulfilling. Yeah, so uh, I feel like Derek, you played this game the correct way all the way through, uh, where you took your time and you kind of naturally explored everything, and that makes it way more fun when I had to rush to beat it to give the PS4 back to Jin, uh, <sighs> and I was kind of like speed running and like okay i gotta run right to this thing and run right to this yeah. thing and do everything in that manner it lost a lot of its charm um and i wish i didn't have to play it that way to get like be able to beat it and be able to talk about because it. this is such an easy world to get lost in yeah like that first area i love just casually casually wandering around and finding things Ooh, whenever whenever a golden bird would fly you by follow, i would yeah, i would follow, follow it and everything was interesting um even in the second area before i started to really rush the the repetitive fox dens and bath springs and the fact that they're all exactly the same every time mm -hmm. that kind of started to wear on me i wish there was less of that or they were slightly different in some way mm. uh but they're all like 
nearly identical. You go to a fox den. There's a fox. You chase it for a minute in no difficult fashion whatsoever. You just are literally chasing a fox and then... But you, you can pet the fox. You can <laughs> pet the fox. And but and then he takes you to a shrine and then that's that, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that got old for me. Yeah. And But, like, that's really my only complaint with the game is the repetitiveness and, like, how the the small side objectives got boring and samey in the latter half of the game so i i definitely think uh that the fact that i played this over two months uh definitely factors into my enjoyment of the game because i was going through periods where maybe i didn't play it for like a week or something so like going in and doing these repetitive tasks didn't really feel repetitive anymore um and like you're saying i like i was able to take time to digest the world and I, I i think uh a couple of episodes back when we were talking about it you had brought up that you felt that the second area like the environment started to get repetitive mm-hmm. um and a portion of it so i was like oh man like i guess yeah like i guess maybe you know there's only so much you can do i walked like the, that entire time i was like how is this repetitive every single area i've walked through is completely different and I, it's because i didn't get to just naturally explore it. i was right. just running from objective to objective at that point and it felt not as interesting and if you look at i think the way the objectives sometimes are mapped out they might it might be they are in like some repetitive areas yeah but when you actually like explore like every area you you know the first area is kind of like uh a swampy area yeah it was just i think it was more so that you spend so much time in that lower third of um like if you are exploring the map at least the way i did where that's kind of the direction i was going was left so like that entire lower third of the second act area is very very samey and it's all that marshland Right, it, but I, I, so I guess it goes from like marshland to then like the Umi Cove, which is like this forest that grows all around that was this cool. cove, like that. and then like you just go a little bit north and you get uh, the the uh, the Kushi Temple, which is completely surrounded like by bamboo, and, and then Omi Lake it, itself is yeah, is Omi very Lake very beautiful. Like, I think my big complaint about the second area was more so that it wasn't as beautiful as the first area. I felt the first area was so gorgeous and pretty with colors, and then like. You go towards the second area, and it's more. There's a lot more gray and but weather. It felt like, like it felt the, like they were doing it's geographical diversity for the sake of it. Uh, see, I, I saw it going like thematically with with Jin with Jin's story. That I can understand. Is a, that. Is a good take. The entire the entire end of the game takes place in this like Snow, frozen wasteland, desolate. That is like half of it is burnt because the Mongols just came in and burned everything. Like yeah, it. It's just not as beautifully stunning as that first area. That I, I, I don't know, dude. Also, I thought the snow looked its own pretty way, great. Maybe it's just the 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 le- the red leafed trees with the snow on top was gorgeous. Like think about how untouched in the beginning of the game those areas truly are, mm-hmm. uh, compared to in Act Two, where now the Mongols have been here for a while. They've had time to like really di- like, you know. If I feel like uh, that air, the the temple the the yellow yellow golden it, temple golden temple yeah. like if that you came to the golden temple in Act Three it would be a desolate like burnt down destroyed yeah but because you've saved it early on it's it's this beautiful untouched like insane area and just like you know they did the the Mongols didn't really venture over to the Omi Lake area so like that area is still, you know, you have the trees and the leaves and it's all very mm. colorful and beautiful. 
uh, I I just yeah I I guess I'm I really dug into this game visually and thematically thinking about like because every single detail in this game was thought of in that kind of way you know it wasn't oh we need to make you know some trees for this area so it looks like this is a forest it's like no these trees are gonna look like this way because this area is like this and this is what happens here and everything is done purposely and handcrafted i feel like in this game yeah yeah it's it's a gorgeous game no matter where you are in it for sure um all right let's i guess let's start to wrap this up because we kind of touched <laughs> on everything is, is this easy to say it's one of our game of the year contenders well, I would say so. I would definitely. Is say it your so current game of the year right it's now? It's in Derek? Derek's top five games of all time. He says, I so. think it might be my current game of the year. Okay, it's def. I think it's one of my top two as of right now. I'd yeah. say it's in my top two currently. I think this beats out both Final Fantasy VII and Last of Us Two for I me. I think it easily beats out Last of Us Two for me. Uh, Final Fantasy, I it's hard for me to separate my so natural Final Fantasy bias. I feel like you bought into Final Fantasy VII the way I bought into this game. I yeah, I think it just speaks to us in different. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, I love this game, and it, right, but they each speak to us in different ways. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think I could sway either way depending on the day. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how things kind of shake out by the end of the year. And I think the, the multiplayer DLC is like, it's not necessarily DLC. It's a part of the game that just wasn't launched at first. So that like, that might have an influence on it, you know? Uh, so we'll definitely see, but yeah, it's definitely easily a contender for multiple categories, including game of the year itself. Uh, it's a phenomenal video game. Mm-hmm. If you have any uh, affection for Japanese culture or samurai tales, it's a must-play. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, but... It's the best Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> I Yeah, I think I can get behind that. Yeah, the combat in this game is extremely satisfying, extremely quick to learn, hard to master, maybe, uh, at the harder difficulty. But rewarding for mastering. Very, very rewarding. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I have... I wish that the grappling hook was used better. That's, I can agree ba- with that's that. really my only complaint. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I don't think it needs to be because, like, you're already like it's trying to stay. As but what if you could grappling hook people? I feel like that's would it would make things a little too superhero more yeah. more okay. than they're looking I can, for. I can you see, see what that. I'm saying. I was thinking about how, uh, like, I wish I could use it in combat for mm-hmm. like, like I like like in just Wind Waker besides, where you can just yeah you you're like running around and like. Maybe there's some people, but that would like because I'm thinking of Uncharted Four, where the grappling hook in Uncharted Four is a huge part of the combat, and you're yeah. like running around, you like throw your grapple hook, you like swing around, you're shooting dudes. Like I would love if you know to enter a Mongol territory and like run up, like stab a guy, run grappling Spider-Man hook, Spider-Man away, yeah, and kind of like, but that would be a little too like you said superhero y and that's not what they were going for right uh, they, they want the power trip to be from like people being afraid yeah. of you like mm-hmm. you're saying in the ghost dance not from you zipping Though, around i would be yeah. i'll be pretty accepting of whatever they did because and, and this it makes sense uh w- when you think about it but something i've heard is that this is very much like a video gamey game yeah if, if you know what i mean like it's designed to be so fantastical in mm-hmm. a way mm-hmm um which is still it's really cool and it works um so i I would be pretty okay with them being a little creative in that regard uh but i just wish that like like when you get the grappling hook it's meant to be like oh this will help me but it really doesn't add 
it's anything. Think of it more like a Super Metroid, like, oh, you need this to do certain missions and like to yeah. progress in the story. Yeah. That's all they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So and I'm content with that. I didn't need it to be more than that. Yeah, like I said, really my only gripe at all. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> do you, what would you give it out of ten? Oh boy. Uh I'd probably give it a would I give it a ten? I'll give it a solid nine. I'm yeah, maybe I don't nine point five. I have any like gripes with this game. I think I would give it a ten. Wow, I, I would be somewhere between nine and nine point five, somewhere in that range. Uh, but I could, I could respect the ten. It's it's very well made and just nails all the themes that it's going for. I never wanted to finish it, and when I did finish it, all I did was want to play more of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like that's what indicates a ten. Oh, a 10 I had a question. Me. What did you guys name your second horse? Whatever the new option was. So did did you do that? I also did so we all named it. her. Was it Kaze for you guys? I think it's storm. Like, whatever translates. Kaze is wind. Wind. Yeah, that's what it is. It's whatever wind. wasn't an option. So we time. all named our horse the, 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 a different thing, I and then like, the same thing. I feel like a large percentage of people probably did that because it wasn't an option the first time, yeah. and it which, feels like oh, I probably should name it this. Which horse did you choose? Uh, the white one again. Yeah, whichever one was the there was a white the, one there was like a gray speckled one. Yeah, the, the gray something? speckled one. The closest to white. Yeah, because the samurai rides a really white. white. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, I also oh boy. speaking of white, I was just thinking about the the final scene uh, with Lord Shimura and Jin, where they do the flashback, and Lord Shimura is where you're like grieving for your parents, and he's Jin's wearing completely black, and then Lord Shimura shows up in all white, and it's just like, ah, oh, this game is incredible. The contrast. <laughs> uh, I want a I movie of this game that is just all the the whole all game, the main story all stuff, thirty five hours of the game. So did you? In a movie. Did you, Jeff? Did you end up getting the uh, the flame power? I never the got wave the flame. I never yeah. got it because uh. I like it, that's not introduced until I think you do all of the tales, right? And then you can go do it. No, I think it's just once you get to Act Three. Yeah, it's just in Act Three, which uh, happens to be after you would have done all of the yeah, things. Yeah, I didn't. I never got it. So that's a pretty cool. Yeah, cool part. And it was a cool quest to get it. Yeah, I think it was one of the more interesting uh, ones in the game. Basically, the way it works, Jeff, is that it's on the top of a snow-covered mountain, mountain yeah. but it's being enraged by a, a blizzard, and so you can't go so far in the blizzard without freezing to death. So you have to find the path that leads to another fire pit so you can light a fire and keep yourself warm. It is, was really cool. Is and that he, the same mountain where Dante learned how to throw a forehand? It might have been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Who wants to do some trivia? Let's do it. Let's, let's bring this home. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima trivia for those of you who couldn't guess. The megabyte. The megabyte trivia. Um, the thing you said you were going to remember. I have it written down here. Uh, sorry. Uh, all right. Bring out your digital whiteboards. We're going to get going with this. Question number one. What is the armor you start the game with called? So you, you start the game in a set of armor that has no stats to it. Uh, you basically trade it out as soon as you get any other armor. What is the technical name for that armor? Um, we're going to go with Andrew first. Andrew. The broken armor. Derek? Yeah, broken samurai armor. It is just the broken <laughs> armor. So one point for each of you. Good job. Nice and simple. Question number two. Tsushima is a real island off the coast of mainland Japan. What other country is it adjacent to? So this is not only is this a Ghost of Tsushima trivia, it's geography <laughs> trivia. How um, well do you know oh, the real world? Shit. Back in uh, I think I was in sixth grade. My school did a geography B, uh, and uh, some the what the question was like what 
like what city this like this city borders the Great Lakes or is on the shore of the Great Lakes, and I didn't know the answer, so I put Wisconsin. Oh, uh, which well, is not a city. So this could go really well. Um, you can tell an embarrassing geography story. No, I was going to ask you: Is it the closest country? It to is. The it's island? it's basically between Japan and this other country. What's the other country? Okay. Okay. You're gonna. Andrew's got no idea. We're gonna go with Andrew first on this one. Vietnam. Derek. China. It's South Korea. Okay. That was my second guess. So I had South Korea, and I was like, is that the closest one? Because technically, geographically, it's close to China. It's actually almost the exact same distance from South Korea as it is from Japan, if you look at a map. Okay. It's, it's just about the same. Uh, no points for either of you. Go back to middle school geography. Question number three. Apparently, that didn't work out for me. Excluding the ghost stance, what are the name of the four stances that Jin uses? Uh, I'm not going to talk about this too much because I don't want to accidentally give anything away. But there are four stances, each one using uh, countering a specific type of enemy, sword, shield, spear, and brute. Uh, I was going to ask if I get, do I get bonus points if I name what they're weak to? Nope. Uh, Derek, we're going to have you go first. Derek, what are the four stances? Um, wind, water, stone, and the last one's tricky. Moon, Andrew. Wind, water, stone, moon. It is wind, water, oh, stone, God. moon. Derek <laughs> like, pulls it out in the last possible second. I almost said hurricane because you do the spin move. <laughs> you do do a spin move. Question number four: What is Jin's reward for crafting a haiku in the game? So after you uh, you find these beautiful landscapes and you can sit down and you can craft a haiku, uh, you are given a reward for doing so. What are the rewards for haiku, Andrew? Headbands. Derek? Headbands. They are headbands. All right. It's tied three to three. Question number five. A haiku question. Jin mourns the loss of his dad. Please tell me his name. <laughs> Wait, what was the first five? A haiku question? <laughs> you just blew my mind. Uh, give me the name of Jin's father. The hardest question I got. It's only mentioned a couple times throughout the whole game because yeah. a lot of the time he's just referred, referred to as Lord Sakai. Oh, God. What is his name? I'm only going to give you about... Five more seconds, Andrew. I'm going to need you to write something down. Derek, I can't tell if you're thinking really hard or if you're just bored because you already wrote it down. I think you're thinking. All right, Andrew, we're going to have you go. What is the name of Jin's father? <sighs> I. It's like on the tip of my tongue, but I think it's like Katayashi. Derek? Kenzie? <laughs> I almost just wrote Kardashian. <laughs> it is... Kazumasa, Kazumasa yeah. Sakai. Yes. The the easiest way to remember is when Yuriko, who is your uh, his like yeah. maid slash she your keeps dad, calling you Kazumasa. Yeah, she because ref- she's like your dad's secret dementia. lover. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, it is a tie three to three. So we're gonna go to the tiebreaker question. Okay. How many total fox dens are in the game? Oh God, I did all of them. Derek, you did yeah, all me of them. Too. You both got all of the fox dens. It was so. Uh, repetitive. I got everything. You, you <laughs> lost track. Did you get the platinum? I know, Derek, you got the I platinum. Got the, I got the platinum. Derek's got the platinum. first platinum ever. Congratulations. Yeah. Technically, my first real platinum. 
What was oh your Rocket League? Remember? Oh yeah, I have a platinum trophy in Rocket League. Ah, the you guys have had PS4s for so long. I've never owned a PS4, and I have more platinums <laughs> than you. I mean, I the just... only reason I got the platinum is because I was so close. By yeah, the time we... I beat the game, That's I only fair. had four trophies left. The only ones I didn't have were uh, the bowing one. Yeah, the bowing. The one. one where you have to. I think I got the bowing one naturally. The one where you have to play a song at Taka's, at Taka's grave. grave yeah. and... I got that one naturally. And the one where. You have to um, get a max standoff streak because I uh, never did standoffs. I got that one naturally. I got that one naturally. Um, well, all right. How many fox dens are you, in the game? You got the slide seventy-five. Uh, naturally, I did not. No, get oh, that's the other one I didn't get. Uh, Forty. Seventy-five. It is forty-nine. Wait, what? Nice. Oh, okay. Derek wins. Ghost Thank of God. <laughs> I didn't <Tourist>. think. <laughs> okay. Fun fact: I also got all the all the um. All the banners. All the banners. Oh, I got all the all the artifacts. All the is other that things. not part of the platinum? No. Oh, <laughs> which I didn't figure out. See, I was like, I'm never going to platinum this game because I don't want to get all the artifacts and shit. But if I knew that that wasn't part of the platinum, I probably would have if I had the game long term. So. I so before I looked up what the rest of the trophies were, I was like, this is part probably part of the platinum. So I did it, and then nothing happened. I was like, well, uh, that's why I looked I always up look. what the last three trophies were because well, I dumbly. I saw the taco thing and was like, oh, okay, so I just need to get all the cricket crickets. So mm-hmm. I went and got all the crickets, and then I looked, and the first, of course, the second song you unlock is the one you needed. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, so I got the, the um, records, and then I yeah. forgot what the rewards were. What you, What do you get the fundoshi for? Fundoshi. Yeah, that's like the armor that, where it's just the loincloth. Yeah. Oh, oh, all the uh, the. You have to max out every other armor, right? Is that it? Is that it? No, I did it, that. It's so all the uh, sp- hot springs. Oh, really? Yeah, you yeah. Get the, huh. the fundoshi. Oh, yeah, you, you know what should have been a trivia question? How many times do you see Jin's ass in this game? Oh my God. As many times as you want, baby. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Game Sharks podcast. You can find us at thegamesharks.com on Instagram at Game Sharks. What are you doing? He's <laughs> expressing his love on Instagram at Game Sharks podcast, and you can send us an email. Game Sharks Podcast at yahoo.com. Send us any questions that you want or topics you want to discuss, questions that you may have for us, or trivia that you want me to ask the guys tomorrow. Next week's trivia is going to be about control. So if you have any trivia about control, send it to me and I'll add it. Um, also, make sure you go listen to the podcast, What Did We Miss? in my discussion with my brother about esports. It's a very cool conversation. If you've ever been curious about esports and want to know what it is and why it's so big, then why the fuck are you listening to a video game podcast? (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And with that, we are Finn. (laughs) Hitting the stop button.